0: It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. That would be Lamar Jackson out of the gun. Three
1: receivers go left. Now he's is. going to take off and run right side. Looking to pass. Now he's past the line of scrimmage. He's at the five. Sidesteps a player at the three. And then crosses the goal line for a touchdown. shoot Rolling to his right. Steps up. Slings it downfield. Walks it in. And it's a catch for a touchdown. Sacked Moss on a fade. Made a over-the-shoulder basket catch for a Touchdown from 17 yards out, and the Colts are an extra point away from tying the game. In the pocket, it's Lamar Jackson. It is hit, and the Colts have it. <laughs> Winnie paye got the football. A 54-yard field goal up coming here. Out of the hold of Sanchez, there's the placement. The kick is on its way. It has the distance, and it is good! Jackson on a quarterback draw, he's at the 10, he's at the five, and he's in there for a touchdown. All right, so this is a 53-yard field goal attempt by Matt Gay, he knocked down from 54 earlier out of the hold of Sanchez, ball between the hash marks. Here's the kick, the long field goal is up and it is good, good once more. It's gonna be a 53 yard field goal here from Matt Gay. He's already connected twice today over 50. From 53 and 54, 53 again, snap. Ball's on its way, has the distance, and it is good! Shotgun snap for Menchu, RPO, backs to throw. Going to take a shotgun field for Michael Pittman Jr., and he's got, got the it. ball! And his helmet came out, and he makes it with his headgear off at the 45-yard line, and Pittman wanted it more! This again is a 53-yard field goal from Matt Gay. It's between the hash marks, waiting on the long snap. There it is, placement, kick is on its way, it has the distance,
0: it's up, and it is good! I
2: I couldn't tell you what happened like I don't remember the snap the hold I kind of just like snap goes and I go and then I'm looking up and I
3: see the ball so for me that's that's a good sign when I'm not thinking about anything I'm just back there kicking.
4: Can I kick it?
3: Can I kick it? I kick it? How about that for a Sunday? We wake up on this Monday morning. It is a Reaction Monday on the Wake Up Call. He's Kevin Bowen. He's dressed up today. Apparently, he has no voice. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. I'm Andy Sweeney, and I didn't pick this one. I picked some games this weekend, but not this one, fellas. As the Colts walk into Baltimore and get the dub, they get. The road kill, and we are going to talk about it for the next three hours here on The Fan. Hanging out with you in the drivehubler.com studios. KB, a good morning and a good win for the Indianapolis Colts. Wow.
4: Yeah, my voice was the 11th man for Notre Dame <laughs> oh on those final two
3: plays. You don't sound as bad as I thought you <laughs> were going to sound,
4: but you don't sound good. Uh, I feel like Tom Allen on this Monday morning. <laughs> How about that from Matt Gay? How about that from Matt Taylor? Unbelievable. Uh, it's the greatest kick. I think it's the greatest regular season game kicking performance. The length of the kicks... Andy Sweeney the, <laughs> the timeliness of oh, the kicks the rain the I mean, field yeah. everything I mean, all four of them in the second half or overtime you know one at the end of regulation one in overtime obviously for the game winner and did any of them not go right down the middle like every single one right down the middle uh to your point elements Justin Tuckers on the other sideline i mean all yeah. of it. Uh, the the Colts were attempting kicks last year or yesterday That they wouldn't have even thought about attempting last year. And it's a weapon. And when you have an offense that, you know, isn't very explosive, you got to have a guy like that on fourth down. And uh, incredible, incredible. Individual performance. The rookie Juju Brent's going to join us coming up at nine thirty. He had a play that we should not forget about
3: early on in that game that I thought kind of changed the early momentum. But well, um, that game might be going fourteen nothing. He had a couple. He had a sure. pass breakup later on. He played what over two thirds of the snaps. You yep. put that out on Twitter. Now, have you have you used honey or anything on the yeah, voice so or I've what exactly this. do you have? What ointment is that? What is that? Okay, here? yeah, go ahead okay. and flash that to the YouTubers okay, out there. Okay, this is the Entertainer's Secret. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that for dry throat and a hoarse voice. Boy, you this is full. You went on you went out and bought this yesterday, didn't so you so I got this off Amazon.
4: This is like last year when I had a lost voice. So I'm gonna spray it, okay? Okay.
3: Okay. There you go. Oh man, five pumps for each field goal kick What's the taste by that? Matt Gay
4: it's a nice cool breeze, Mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think
3: it made it worse.
2: Matt. Mark, I think it made it worse. But you know, it's, you know it's fancy because the yeah. bottle's got a tuxedo
4: on
3: it. I know, I know, exactly. <laughs> Not a tuxedo shirt. Now, is that from the Notre Dame loss, or that is, is that from a combination of Colts, Notre Dame, and everything else happening is over the
4: weekend? All South Bend on <laughs> Saturday night. Well, I'm sorry about that, no, I guess. You ugly, know
3: ugly, ugly. But hey, we are talking about a
4: two in one Colts team and it's unbelievable. Andy, in this market in the month of September. We don't talk about 2 and 1 Colts teams very often. It has not happened. Um I think it's twice, maybe three times in the last dozen years that the Colts have been 2 and 1 and we mentioned in May this schedule and I felt like it wasn't very daunting. It was a big reason why I said, "Okay, I think this team can win 7 games." Did you just beat the best quarterback on your schedule? Well, you have to Yeah, I mean, probably. That's, right. That's yeah. a you know, quite a possibility
3: and Jacksonville looked like old Jacksonville yesterday. J- Jacksonville now, stinks. I've seen three games at Jacksonville to know that they're not very good, at least right now. Yeah. And now all of a
4: sudden you're just, you've created this early season hope that the Pacers did last year. And, um, sure. There's big picture points you can take away. And obviously when Richardson's not, not out there, I think there's a natural bummer, but whether it's Juju Brent's, whether it was Matt gay, whether it was at defensive front, continued to do it. Gardner Minshew at least protected it. I mean, you didn't have any turnovers from your backup quarterback, uh, Zach Moss, Michael Pittman Jr., some big-time individual moments as well, and uh, quite, quite the effort to kind of just who would make the fewest mistakes. That, that, that was the feel for me as that game moved along and Colts made less than the Ravens.
3: Uh, w- listen, as we go today, everyone knows we'll have a segment here, we'll get to the check down, and then coming up at about 7.30, we can start taking your calls. Uh, it's 317-239-1070 as we go today. Uh, just a wild week three. A couple games tonight in the NFL. Uh, but what the Colts are to me, and I know after the game, I know it's coach speak, and I know it's things uh, the gas bags like us say, but uh, they were solid and they were gritty and that matters, right? Like That matters when you go on the road and Lamar Jackson has been great this season and yes, I'm sure injuries you could say caught up to the Ravens, uh, but they made Lamar for large stretches of that game, not completing a pass in the second quarter, KB. It's now three weeks in a row when you look for consistent things that the Colts are doing. You know, we talked about analyzing Anthony Richardson and how his scale of analyzation might be a little bit different than the offensive line, but that defense, uh, I'm mean the front seven and that defense keeping them in the game. How many times and I went through the final two fourteen and then overtime. I mean, if you're a Colts fan, you had to think you were going to win or lose that game four times, three times yeah. uh, in the final two minutes. Uh, and we can get into particulars of of a couple bad possessions of the Ravens, uh, fair catching the ball and not letting that go under two minutes that 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 created a free play essentially for that Colts defense. We can go through that. Obviously, you lead with Matt Gay, but the but the gritty nature of this team, uh, and then on top of it, I, I think if you're a Colts fan today, you should be excited about your coaching staff. Uh, you should be excited about Shane Steichen. I, I, re- I really think you should. And then, you know, I, I tweeted this out last night. I know that Jonathan Gannon in Arizona has has been a punching bag because of his awkward pregame speeches and everything else. Arizona beats up, I mean, they beat up the Cowboys. They should have won week one. They could have won. They should have beat the Giants week two. I mean, you just look at the assistance coming from the Eagles. Both of those guys can coach. Um, and Steichen was fantastic yesterday. I mean, I mean, just if you're a Colts fan, you thought the Tucker kick was going in, right? From 61? That's right down the middle. I mean, you thought that was going in. Um, Just a wave of emotions, but playing turnover free football, and that defensive front has been so damn solid for this team through three weeks. Let me go back to
4: Psyche and Andy. Even. In game, in game, I've been very impressed. I love the little like timeout thing he's now done a couple weeks in a row where he throws his offense back out there, creates chaos, boom, Baltimore's kind of scramble. And I love
3: Tarballs like, okay, we'll trot someone out. will have a three hundred pounder runs slow as hell. <laughs> like those are little things. Watch right.
4: Notre Dame Saturday night. Watch the Colts and Ravens. You don't think timeouts matter? You don't think clock management matters? I'll take it a step further with Steichen, the A word, Andy. We talked about the A-word a whole lot last season. We've talked about it a lot in the Frank Reich era. We talked about it when Jeff Saturday took over. Where is the accountability on West 56th Street? I think it's been lacking in the last half dozen years or so. And whether it's an outright benching Mm -hmm. and then a cutting of Deion Jackson or an outright benching that we saw yesterday of Daryl Baker Jr., he has sent an early message to his locker room of, Subpar play means you get splinters. You, you, you're going to sit on the bench. And again, in Deion Jackson's case, he's cut. Daryl Baker Jr. goes from pretty much playing 80, 90 percent of the snaps to healthy scratch. And Juju Brentz gets an opportunity. And how I think that rookie was the difference maker. Oh, it's one of the plays on. It's
3: one of the plays of the game. Absolutely in that
4: game. And again, yep. he's, he's going to join us coming up here at 9:30. So. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that sentiment of, you know, what Shane Steichens done with Anthony Richardson, I think should have you feeling good. But I also think we see a coach in game doing some things that I like. They might not show up as the plays of the game, but they're just little things that I think is the right process to have. And then the accountability he sent very early in the season with benching a couple of, you know, guys that obviously played some big, big roles. So um, I think Colts fans should certainly feel pretty good about that.
3: And listen, I can understand uh, Colts fans. Main hey, listen, you, you win a game, everyone can get happy. There's the small picture of winning the game, what it could mean for the season, and there's the big picture. Uh, and I know it's easy to do, and we have done it, and I have done it, and you guys are right. Uh, but Chris Ballard did go out this off season, and he did get Matt Gay. Yep. And I remember, KB, you will not remember this, but it was after that. Uh, was it? The, <laughs> it was that the first preseason game? You remember, that's when we started together. And I think the first phone call we took, it was an, ang- well, us together, was an angry fan on why they paid Matt Gay all the money in the offseason just to see him stinking up in the preseason. Uh, and so Matt Gay goes out there, Gardner Minshew did not lose you the game, and he made plays to help win you the game. Uh, and I, I just those little things. And then the move, I mean, Moss has been fantastic as well. I mean, he's, 30 he's, carries he's doing all of the things that, you know, Dion Jackson had a chance to do these things and Zach Moss comes in and has the, a
4: career game about the touchdown catch by Moss I mean not a third down guy at all on a third down he makes that play early on again when there were some shaky moments certainly early in that game but let's go back to the Matt Gay signing and I really did not have an issue with it at the time with the caveat Andy of this can't impact everybody else activity right, elsewhere right. Like, it, it can't restrict you from making other moves but at the end of the day the Colts kicker position has not been a strength and particularly long distance field goals. Again, they attempted field goals yesterday outdoors that they would have never thought about in recent years. And if you look at Matt Gay, the thought process there is okay. Maybe in 2023, he's not making big field. We'll see how the season plays out right now. When you're in first place in the AFC South, you could have that, but When you get to 2024, 25, 26, you're hoping that you have a guy in the fourth quarter in December and January that can make big-time kicks. He's kicked in the Super Bowl, things like Mm -hmm. that. And I I think Colts fans realize this. It is just incredibly rare, dating back to Adam Vinatieri's final few years, to have a guy that from 53-54 you literally feel like it was a layup, and I, I almost felt that late yesterday in that game. I thought there was no way he'd miss at the end of regulation. So
3: did Jay, uh, Jay Feely because he's the kicker. Yeah. When, yeah. Those, when those were going up, he's like, he, he piked it? Is that what he would say? I think he said, he piked it. Perfect game for Jay <laughs> Feely to be in the booth, right? <laughs> it really was, so we'll get your reaction coming up at 7.30. I want to take some calls. Uh, what did you, you watching with buddies? What did you think? How many times did you think you won, lost the game with about two minutes to go. That defense, Shane Steichen, uh, Zach Moss, the big Pittman catch, the helmet comes off. He's all jacked up. I mean, just an absolute all-team effort from the Colts. 239, 1070. We'll get to those here in about 15 minutes. Again, what, a, what a great win,
4: though. Ju Brents, the rookie from Warren Central High School, his NFL debut yesterday. He joins us coming up at 9.30. Do we have to get to Notre Dame at some
3: point? Yeah, I mean it was a big weekend of college mm-hmm. football. What a great weekend of football! I mean, I mean, you know, aside from your debacle, that's how you define great. Uh, uh, boy, they couldn't get uh, your boy Sam Hartman. They couldn't get the cameras off him, could they? Every every tear coming out of his eye and everything else. Ugh, I'm sorry. I'm sure Ohio State I'm appreciates
2: sorry. the uh, ten man effort on that final play. <laughs>
3: and, and then and then your boy the Holy Spirit was the eleventh man. There, then Mark
4: touchdown then, Jesus was lining <laughs> up at defensive and then, end there. Ryan Day calling Lou out Lou Holtz was the defensive end. <laughs>
5: Rise Day snap. calling out
4: Lou Holt like it's a UFC match. Left my voice in South Bend. <laughs> Good Monday morning to you, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton. It is the wake-up call and a victory Monday for the Colts, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan.
0: The Morning Checkdown.
3: Omaha! Omaha!
0: Omaha! Omaha! On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
3: All right, morning check down. Reminder, Colts winners uh, yesterday. We'll talk about it all morning, 22-19. Uh, other notable ones, just quickly. I don't know if you guys want to chime in what stuck out to you in week three of the NFL. Uh, but Dolphins scoring 70 points. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a 6A high school going up against a 1A high school in Indiana. <laughs> I, I, I honestly thought it was 70. a misprint. Oh, my goodness. Why didn't? Because I have like three guys on fantasy on the Dolphins. Thank God. 70 points, KB. Didn't Sean Payton call out the old Broncos coaching staff? Nathaniel Mm -hmm. Hackett called it the worst coaching job in the NFL last year. (laughs) (laughs) Only undefeated team left in (laughs) the AFC, the Miami Dolphins.
4: Uh, Let's keep an eye on that Derek Carr injury as well. The Colts host the Saints here. In about a month, so we'll see if Derek Carr is available for that one. And the other one that I
3: thought really stood out was just what Houston did to Jacksonville. I mean, thirty-seven yeah. to seventeen. I remember you guys laughing at me. I took Houston plus the eight and a half. I remember the Gosh, the, really? the snickering. Oh, I was yeah. five and one. We'll talk about that later Whoa. on. My gloating because next week I'll be one in five. But the Texans 37-17. They scored in base. I mean, special teams. Jacksonville's not good. Right now Jacksonville's not good. If the Colts if the Colts play Jacksonville this past week or next week, they would beat Jacksonville. Remember last remember remember week 1, Anthony Richardson goes out. I mean, I think they scored there with Anthony Richardson. That would have been a three-point game, and the Colts would have had a chance. Now, what did you switch up to here? Hot water? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going hot water? KB's voice is struggling this morning you on a reaction it, victory Monday. You think this is gonna do the trick? No, no. I don't think I don't think any of those things work. Don't don't you just have to like not talk, which is not good for you?
4: Yeah, it really fits the job description. Yeah. Well, everyone's
3: well. always like, I'm with Mark. i like, honey, and this and that. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe any of the old wives' tales. I think you just have to not talk for a period of time.
2: I know. I did you with your survivor pool with your family? I remember oh on boy. Friday we were oh discussing. Boy. They were
4: going Jaguars. Did oh that boy. end up sticking? I got out vetoed on that uh-huh. one. I wanted 49ers. They went with Jags. <laughs> <laughs> So are you guys out now? (laughs) Who gets the last laugh with that one? (laughs) That'd be you. Everyone else in your... Mr. No Voice. Should we transition
3: to Tom (laughs) Allen? Yeah. Because I sound like him. (laughs) Uh, College football from Saturday. This (laughs) is... You should do the show. I'm uh, Andy Sweeney here. Uh, KB's out today. Tom Allen randomly in (laughs) on a victory Monday. (laughs) This this voice is left in South Bend. Uh,
4: Notre Dame loses in one of the... I would say in all honesty it might be a top 3 no it, it might be the worst coaching decision I've ever seen. Okay. And Marcus Freeman's reasoning for having 10 guys on the field after the game might be worse than the actual decision saying he didn't want to get a penalty. So let me hear me out on this guys, all right? No, please, go ahead. So 10 guys from 1 yard out is better than 11 guys from <laughs> a half yard out?
3: From an inch out, yeah.
4: Listen. <laughs> Listen, I
3: spin zone. <laughs> I want to be mad at Andy's cackling, but I'm I just sorry, can't man. be mad at it. No, I mean, listen, I picked Notre Dame to win the game. I I had it nailed. I was good to go. I was plus 3. Got the outright win, money line, everyone's good, everyone's great, and then they're not.
4: That drive, they gave up a 4th and 7, a 3rd and 19, and then obviously the 10 men on the field. And I mean, this is now the bummer of college football for a Notre Dame fan. Now the margin for error is gone, and you felt like you played, I would say, better than Ohio State in that game, in my opinion, and uh, yet here you're at. So, uh, yeah, Irish lose. Purdue gets walloped at home by Wisconsin, and Indiana... (laughs) survived
3: (laughs) survived against the heck uh, yeah if you want to if you want to call it survival I yeah I mean, that's rough, man. 32-yard field goal missed, right, by Akron to end regulation? I, I mean, that's just, that's just, and again, Akron had lost, what, 35-3 to to Kentucky? You see Tom Allen <laughs> snapping in the postgame locker room? I couldn't believe that. I watched Does that. Does he have a Glee Club meeting this
4: morning, or is he in Straight No Chaser for the Christmas show coming up? <laughs> Here comes
3: Treble. What were some of <laughs> over some of the Andy Bernard in the office? That's what he made me think of. Here comes Treble.
4: For those that haven't seen this Tom Allen video, go back and watch it and look at the reaction of number two for Indiana. (laughs)
3: He's right in front
4: of him. (laughs) It's one of the funniest
3: things you will ever see. We may need to find that for the 9 o'clock hour and see if it translates on radio. But you do need to to see it, though. Unbelievable. Let's translate (laughs) to something happier. Hey, Kev, talk baseball. (laughs) And the damn Reds. All right, so here's where we are in baseball. We're just piling on, piling on KB this morning. It is what it is. Uh, the Reds now two and a half back, losing series to the Twins and Pirates in back-to-back weekends. Uh, so right now, Arizona, it's second in the wild card. The Cubbies third. The Marlins a game back. Cincinnati two and a half back. Cincinnati has five games left. Two at Cleveland, two in St. Louis. Arizona has seven games. They had a Yankees game post. Postponed, then at the White Sox, home Houston, the Cubs have at Atlanta, at Milwaukee. That ain't easy. Mm-mm. And the Marlins at the Mets and at the Pirates. So the Marlins, the easiest schedule. The Reds not too bad, but the Reds two and a half back. A disastrous weekend. I mean at least they won yesterday. That, Otherwise they'd be out. they just clearly be out of it if they lost yesterday. That
2: Saturday night game where they blew a, a nine one game <laughs> was unbelievable.
3: Halftime
4: go in the corner concourse get some service finally open up that i'm like oh nine nothing
3: good this is gonna be a nice win (laughs) can i okay i don't know if you guys want to play because we need to take a break and get back to the colts but i at some point have 19 seconds of the pirates tv announcer from saturday i just burned my tongue on the hot water do you want that right now no no you want that the nine o'clock hour okay you sure you don't want it right now? Mark, should we play? No, let's it? save it. Let's save it. Okay. Kevin. We can't, we've it. been beating Kevin for like five minutes. <laughs> Juju
4: Brents, Colts rookie, joins us at 930. We will take your calls, 317-239-1070. A lot to react to from yesterday as the Colts get a win as a touchdown underdog in Baltimore. Uh, we will dive into it all. Coming up on the other side, it is a wake-up call with KB and here on a Monday. It's the wake up call
0: with KB and Andy on 935 and 1075 the fan. You now, like I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team? What he said about our team? I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. And it's always been Ohio against the world. It'll continue to be Ohio against
3: the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids. And we got a tough team. Lou Holtz was in bed. It was a bed. It was late at night. The game was over late at night. We'll get to that. To hell with the Irish. Sorry, sorry KB. Yeah, I heard you put that together before I knew your voice was sore. Oh goodness, KB has one of
4: your has- comments I've heard. <laughs> Lou Holtz getting ready for Jazzercise
3: early on Sunday morning. That's what it in, did sound like. I mean, unbelievable by Ryan Day. Post-camp. Jazzercise. Does he do like the water aerobics? The old people do water aerobics? When I'm old, I'm doing water aerobics. I don't care if Lou Holtz does it or not. So KB's dressed up today. Well, to get you have a speaking engagement, which we'll have to dive into uh, at some point today. Should go pretty well, right? Have <laughs> my Tom Allen voices here. I didn't even think about that. All the voice stuff that you have to do when you don't have a voice. Are you um? Are you a believer in momentum within a game? I am absolutely a believer in momentum within a game. Who is not a believer in that? Come on. The
4: strip by Juju Brents, who joins us at nine thirty early in that game, was such a monumental play. I mean, that Andy is. 10 nothing on the brink, potentially 14 nothing. You had done nothing on offense to that point. Your defense really mm-hmm. got kind of sliced and diced on that opening drive. Oh,
3: Baltimore and, went, uh, went right down the field, yeah.
4: And obviously, we'll have, again, Juju on here in a couple hours to chat with him about that play, but that's just one where this defense has become a playmaking unit. And right now, with your offense, you know, a little stagnant, a little sluggish, however you want to describe it, Um you need those moments, and that was a huge, huge play early in that game to, I think, just kind of settle you into the moment. Uh, you know, okay, injection of life a little bit. Okay, we can, you know, we can make something happen here. Uh, critical, critical play. Looking forward to Juju joining us here uh, in the nine o'clock. Well,
3: notes. you're leaving out the best part. Who it was against? Former Colt Canyon Drake. <laughs> and how about, I mean, that was another part of the entire thing. A former teammate. How about the effort Juju had of not only
4: the strip but then getting on it? You know, it's one of those things where you saw late first half. Um, it was Kyle Hamilton. Duh. Kyle Hamilton uh, was, he was a
3: beast yesterday. Unblocked all day My long
4: God. by the Colts, and he strips Gardner Minshew there. And that ball is kind of bouncing around. Yeah. And hell of an effort by Quentin Nelson. Hell of an effort by Michael Pittman. Uh, that. Turns potentially three for Baltimore, takes that off the board there if they fall in that late. Again, those are the plays that I know the Matt Gay kicks and you know Pittman's catching overtime and all of that gets a ton of attention, but I feel like we do need to sneak in just a couple of those first half moments where things looked a little dicey, particularly with the Kenyon Drake catch and run. Uh, hell of an effort by Juju Prince. And I thought the rookie had a really nice uh, NFL debut. We're
3: going to take some calls here 317 239 Two things for me before we head to the phone lines. Uh, you know, we, we shall see. Um, a f- former radio buddy of mine used to always say, let the cake bake, which I hated KB because, no, damn it, I want to react now. And we'll see ultimately in this season what this win means for the Colts. But early on, having a team that we talked about, well, they don't have the talent, they don't have this, all the Jonathan Taylor stuff, all of the, quite frankly, Anthony Richardson injury stuff, right? Him exiting the Texans game, The you know him not being cleared, him not playing on Sunday, all of this has been deflating. And whether it be media or fans, and you guys know this, it has been, it, it, there hasn't been a lot of confidence. And I thought what early on in this season has done, even in a week one loss, but then kind of confirming some of those things that the coaching staff and Steichen are are teaching during the week, you get a dominating win at Houston where you look far better than the Texans and then you go on the road and the Colts put up a video where they're all, you know, they're yelling roadkill and everything else. Like, you are you are having a sense of uh, energy, a sense of confidence, and a win-like, I mean, listen, teams uh, we talk about, you know, I talk about my team with the Giants. I mean, last year these are the kind of games they won, KB. Games like this where you start you start getting ready even more for Sunday and you see, you start saying, hey, there is something here with this team. This team is doing this, they're doing that, they're doing things that we have not seen they're playing solid gritty competent football and that's one thing and then you know I just I went through like three times last night because when you're watching a game it's very difficult to kind of chart things right you're in the emotion of the game Uh, you know things are happening so fast but I mean like I just Indy's down by three with 2.14 to go and that's the or I mean we don't even the lead today is Minshew pulling the Orlovsky if they lose that game he pulled an Orlovsky by stepping out the back of the I'm, end zone.
4: Honestly, in hindsight, is beyond twenty twenty, him stepping out ended up being Yeah. A good thing and hear me out. He stepped out with what two oh three on the clock, they something ended, like they, that. Well, it was
3: under two, but then they went back and they put more time right. on the clock. And the Ravens didn't know that. The Ravens got messed up on their time, and it gave the Colts a free so play. So let's say he
4: doesn't step out, and let's say he steps up in the pocket, whatever, throws an incomplete pass. Well, now that's one fifty nine. So the two minute warning has just happened, and you don't get that extra time. I know it sounds weird. i not, and I don't want to sound like I'm giving Minshew credit for stepping out of the end zone. <laughs> he knew here.
3: what he was doing by stepping out the back,
4: right? But that was a huge. But, huge but I
3: mean, we went thirty six minutes. Here and we haven't mentioned that and if yeah. they lose the game, you're thinking, oh, I mean Minshew, he's supposed to be this, you know, this great backup quarterback. He's pulling an Orlovsky and Isaiah but- McKenzie. You say horrific non field of that yeah. punt to yeah. put your offense. But, back but in. even though with two minutes to go and, and they make that gaffe to the Ravens, if if you're a fan, it's like, okay, well, we're not gonna be able to call all these timeouts and we're down three. Like at that point, two oh three to go, I mean you can't think you're going to win. Then then you tie the game, KB, okay? And there's fifty seven seconds left, right? I mean I mean you, you've seen this how many times have you seen Baltimore do this? Yeah. To get close enough for Justin Tucker to hit some bomb field goal and you lose the game and you're sitting here saying well, I mean, you've seen this script how many times with Justin Tucker, Lamar Jackson, Jim Harbaugh, uh, and ev- I say Jim Harbaugh, and ev- everybody else. So, I mean, that like to me, that's time number two. Then you get to overtime, you go three and out, and they return the ball to midfield. I mean, and then at that point, all they need again is 15 yards, 20 yards, one play or whatever it is for Justin Tucker uh, to hit another field goal. And you and you hold them, the defense again, which is past the test all three weeks. You hold to a punt there. You hold to a punt when they got the ball basically uh, at midfield. I mean, there had to be even, I mean, you're looking at it. Ravens get the ball four minutes to go.
4: Yeah, because you got to stop on fourth and, down Yeah, and that, that. And
3: that's the EJ speed. And hey, it was Pass interference. Yeah. Okay. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but you, you, but you hold there the third and three to Lively, where he doesn't hang. I mean, there's like there's like four times where you're thinking the Ravens get yet another chance, and they get field uh, position, and they're at home, and they have uh, everything else. And for the Colts to to get that win, um, you know, you can start to believe in the team, some of the direction, and you can start to believe in the coaching staff. And that's not something that's been done around here for a number of years. I think it's fantastic fair to say, Andy, Baltimore had more winnable moments, moments late in
4: that game than Indy did. They had more chances to try and close that door, but they didn't. And the Colts eventually did. And now what does that do to Shane Steichen's operation? Because last year, you didn't close the door. Washington and Philadelphia being the two golden examples of it right here at Lucas Hoyle, mm-hmm. When you had chances with your defense on the field, to try and close that out. And at times, I think there was too much pressure put on your defense last season. And now you look back on Jacksonville week one and you had a fourth quarter lead. You were, you know, midway point of that fourth quarter and you had a lead and you couldn't finish it. So now, two weeks later, you do it on the road. You do it in arguably your toughest environment slash quarterback slash team you're going to play all year. And did you catch breaks? Certainly. No one is going to d- deny that or they'd be beyond naive to deny that. But You now for six days bask in the glory of winning. And how does your psyche change of like, oh wait, we made enough plays in the fourth quarter. We didn't make the catastrophic mistake in the fourth quarter like Baltimore did. And obviously overtime falls into that. So that's where I'm kind of curious now, Andy, is like, wait, we're the only two-in-one team. It's confirmation. In the AFC South. And like... It's Shane Sykins' show, and so now, how do you react to all of that? I don't think I sit here and think, "Oh man, you know that's a ten or eleven win football team." My expectations have changed wholeheartedly. But through twelve quarters, the Colts deserve to be two and one. They have played good enough football that they deserve to be two and one. And now, how they react to feeling that moment, showing that they can make enough plays in the
3: fourth quarter and overtime—that uh, is not something we saw last well, year. Well, and the realization is smacking you in the face that the AFC South is winnable. I mean the Titans yep. they went on the road God bless they, it. Yeah, they went on the road and got absolutely annihilated I mean Ryan Tannehill is washed. The, you know the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah I know they beat you week one and I've talked and yelled and screamed about that game but Jacksonville the last two weeks has been bad. I mean we're talking home games bad home games. I mean they were smacked around uh, by the Texans and if you're the Colts you've Already smacked around the Texans with Gardner Minshew, you know, playing what basically what uh, three fourths of game uh, a couple weeks ago. So uh, it is it is season changing what we saw in Baltimore on Sunday. Let's head to the phone lines 239-1070. It's a wake up call here on the fan. Let's lead things off with Luke on this victory Monday. Luke, what's up? <laughs>
6: First, I want to say it's the world against the horse. It's always been the world against the horse. Um, But I wanted to bring up the fact that, you know, two questions, 1A, 1B. With Zach Moss performing, Eckler hurt, Barkley hurt, Chubb hurt, Josh Jacobs underperforming, what leverage does Jonathan Taylor even have at this point with anyone around the league? And then, do the Colts really need him back? Well, the Colts. So I'm curious on
3: your guys. Decide. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Luke, appreciate it. Yeah, the Colts. You want him back? I mean, th- th- there's no doubt about that. But remember, I was laughing at all the Miami stuff. Did you see their running backs yesterday? <laughs> was it a Kane? Is that his name? And then Mostert again. Four touchdowns, right?
2: <laughs> Kevin had him on his fantasy bench in our oh, league.
4: Oh, oh,
3: but hey, oh. I've got him on my team.
4: That's all that matters. Oh, at some oh. point, baby. We're gonna put him in the lineup. Um. Yeah. I can't go there with Luke, you know, and there's no way. Get Jonathan Taylor sounds like I'm discrediting Zach Moss. Like, major hat tip to Zach Moss. He had 30 carries yesterday. Andy, before yesterday, one game in his career, over 18 carries. I had a career day. You know, a a four-year sample size of Jonathan Taylor is going to dwarf, you know, a two-game sample size of Zach Moss. And I think of both those runs that Moss got to the outside on. I thought to myself, boy, if that's Taylor, that's another 15 or 20 on top of that run. So, Zach Moss doing a great job. You know, does it hurt leverage? I, I, I guess. But, I mean, we even saw yesterday, Zach Moss is fighting through some stuff. So, you know, it's not like if you continue to give him this workload, that he's going to be there in November or December for you there. You so. can't
3: do 17 weeks or whatever it is, 14 weeks left of Zag Moss playing every snap, 30 carries, 25 yeah. carries, uh, taking the beating. No, I, I just, to me, I more think of what is JT, I look at it the other way, Luke. I think of it as what does JT think when he watches this team? Because Jonathan Taylor probably thought this team wasn't going to be very good. Right. And you have a competent head coach uh, and if they can get Anthony Richardson rolling and if they can't, you know what, Gardner Minshew. You can play the game. Uh, to me, it's what's Jonathan Taylor thinking when he looks around the NFL and all these teams that were supposed to need him. They don't. I mean, we mentioned the Bears before the season. You think they're going to go right now with with the debacle that's in Chicago and go get a running back? I mean, that ain't going to happen. Right now,
1: the Chicago Bears are trash.
4: <laughs> Stephen, a smartest comment ever, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, two things on Moss, Andy. One, I thought he had a couple of big runs there late fourth quarter overtime to where Baltimore's defense is really banged up, and they struggle tackling him initially. And then let's go back to the touchdown catch. That was such, I mean, over-the-shoulder basket catch is how Matt Taylor described it, and we played that earlier. Um, I mean, that's a third down early in the game where seven versus three there ends up being a huge, huge difference, and that's not... What Moss is known for, either Gardner Minshew gave him a chance, delivered a really nice ball, Moss makes a great play. So, major acknowledgement for what Zach Moss is doing, but, you know, again, Jonathan Taylor for an offense that I think is still void of consistent playmaking- you would welcome
3: that back with open arms. Between Buffalo and Indianapolis last season, uh, and that's thirteen games in totality. Zach Moss had eleven catches. He already has six this season, and he missed <laughs> he missed week one. Uh so he is trending up into like the thirties, which would be a big time. His career high catches is twenty-three. That's back in two thousand twenty-one. Yeah, and again, Trey Sermon
4: did spell Moss much more than we saw anybody do. In week two there.
3: Um, he had a big drop, by the way.
4: Yeah, Sermon yeah, had that big yeah, third down big drop, drop when they were doing Ooh. the screen. How about the catch by Pittman? To me, Pittman's catching overtime. It's the best play we've seen him make it's as a pro. A when good you of factor a catcher you have, yeah. Time, overtime, and his physicality. This is why I've always been a big Pittman guy, Andy. I've said it a million times. There's no USC pretty boy with his playing style. His ability to mix it up as a blocker I don't think should be taken for granted. His effort is always through the roof. Brought it up earlier. That fumble, the crazy kind of fumble sequence late first half where Nelson all of a sudden punches it out and then it's on the ground. Pittman's the guy that gets on that fumble there. That saves you three points. Um, and he's able to do some stuff after the catch. He's been, obviously, your, easily your most consistent wideout. Although Josh Downs did have a big game yesterday. So I thought individually on a day that It was not a banner day for your offense, but it wasn't expected to be. Baltimore's been very stingy at home. Individually, Moss and Pittman, some really, really important moments.
3: Here's Steichen yesterday post game on Zach Moss. It was incredible. Obviously, he popped the big one there at the end, too, where he cut it back to get us in range there, and then he had one on our sideline where there was about two or three guys around him where it looked like a minus yardage play, and then he slipped through those guys. Um, Again, I I just keep saying the word resiliency because that's what all those guys had today. They just kept fighting, scratching, and clawing. Can I go back to Matt Gay? You can do whatever you want. Matt Gay, listen, we're talking kickers today. I got no problem
4: with it. NFL record, obviously, 53, 53, 53, and 54. That is in one game. So I thought to myself, Andy, sitting there after the game, I'm like, man, when is the last time the Colts made that many field goals of distance if you just add up all the games. Like, obviously, it hasn't happened in a single game. They just set an NFL record. So you have to go back. The last time the Colts made four field goals of at least 53 yards, if you added up all of the games, you've got to go back to December 2018. Andrew Luck was your quarterback. Oh,
3: my goodness. Some 60-some
4: games, whether it was (laughs) Chase McLaughlin, whether it was Hot Rod, whether it was Vinatieri, to have... Kickers, plural, add up to having four kicks of more than 53 yards. And we're talking outdoors by Matt Gay yesterday. We're talking clearly some weather involved and time. and time. This is not a dude, Andy, making a 57-yarder in a 17-point game. That game yesterday was never more than one score either way. Never. So in a one-possession game, in the second half, third quarter he makes one, Fourth quarter he makes one, into regulation he makes one, and then overtime. like It's not just the four kicks from at least 53. It's the outdoors. It's the timeliness of the kicks in a one-score game. And I'd love to ask Matt Gay this question. I believe he's going to be on JMV, by the way, coming up at some point this week. Doesn't the game against Justin Tucker mean more for him?
3: Oh like, yeah, I mean, as it a, has to
4: as a kicker. I mean, that's
3: yeah, Justin that's, Tucker. Yeah, he's Justin lionized is, as the best kicker in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. And so I would think that means something. Oh yeah, and Tucker well. had a chance to win the game too. Right. And, I know it's a sixty-one yarder. Listen, but that's also the script that you know the the, the Ravens have used so much. Now the only thing, the only anti-Matt Gay thing I'm going to say is this. He's way he's far too humble after the game. He's like, Well, the hold was perfect and the snap was perfect. I'm like, no. Like you're the dude. Like Baskin. You Baskin, like hockey kickers? Oh absolutely. Hundred percent. He was he was, you know, the Colts put out after the game, you know, everyone's like, he's the GOAT, you know, all the players around him, like, you know, this guy won the game. He's like he's like, No, the the hold was great and the the snap was great and the execution and the protection and I uh you know, then he brought, you know, the Lord into it. I'm like, no, get everyone out of the way. This is about you being a badass and kicking all these field goals to beat Justin Tucker and Lamar Jackson.
4: Alex wanted to bring up the Michael Pittman play against San Francisco from a couple years ago. I think that's up there, but I could have sworn he got his helmet knocked off yesterday on that catch. Oh, he so, did. I'm going to go Baltimore just above that. Um, Mark, should we go to Graham? Yeah, sure. What's up,
3: Graham? Good morning, Andy, Mark, and Kevin. Um, how are you guys doing today? Good, Graham. You're great. What's happening? You? I I just,
6: I'm glad you guys are talking about it because all of the folks that said, why are we paying a kicker this much money? This is exactly why. Because I I can't tell you how many uh, situations where I had no faith in the kicking game, no faith in Hot Rod when we had this situation. Hot Rod's not making those kicks from 50 yards, let alone in the rain. And really inclement weather
4: Graham he's not making them you're not attempting no. them like, like you don't even yeah, have yeah. the play calls. you different. don't yeah you don't have the faith to even trot that kicker yeah. out there and I'll echo what I said earlier about Matt Gay Andy because this dates back to March when the signing happened it was obviously eye-popping because it was like man Chase McLaughlin just had a nice end of the year and is that an absolute must and again my thinking was okay I'm good with it as long as it doesn't hinder your other free agency impact. Like I don't want you to see get to the goal line with a wide out and 1 million is the debate on whether you sign that wide out or not. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, we gave Matt Gay all that money and we can't give that wide out that much money. But you took a position that has been a question and I think you've strengthened it and you've added something to your football team. You didn't have. And what is that? It's a long distance kick. And, it was a four-year deal for Gay as well. So I remember back in March kind of saying to people, let's not think of it in the short-sighted view of 2023. What you're thinking here is this type of kicker does not hit the open market very often, and down the road, we would hope to have a team that you want an elite kicker attempting to, December, January playoff type kicks for. And that's the hope. And you know, who knows? Maybe it'll happen this year, but certainly he's gonna be on your football team for the next
3: three years. And he he's got this distance element that is a huge weapon. Looking at the schedule, November fifth at Carolina, December third at Tennessee, uh, and December tenth, Cincinnati would be the next three games that he has to deal with weather, right? Those are gonna be the only three games he'll have to deal with weather that you know might. about frankfurt germany (laughs) well i forgot about that yeah what what is it that's a good point what is it sunday november 12th what is it mark uh,
4: what was our caller what does it look like didn't they say that frankfurt's like the germany of foxborough
3: Uh uh-huh yeah or what what was it (laughs) it was like yeah calgary or somebody they like that's nice weather there it's like us there are 78 degrees and sunny right now in frankfurt how about that Good with that.
4: There's no way, and I hope this, and we'll continue to take your calls, 317-239-1070. Again, Juju Brents, join us at 930. No one is thinking that you you continue to roll with Minshew, right?
3: That's not a thought, No, no right? one, I was kind of hoping a caller would just organically bring that up of, well, you uh, know, maybe nah. Minshew, now you're in the plan of winning games, and maybe he gives you a better chance, and blah, blah, blah. I was kind of hoping that would organically arise today. Again, we've
4: obviously hit on so many positives. I, I do think the one thing that stands out to you that was a bit confusing to me with Minshew, and I brought up all last week, third string center. Let's not lose sight of that, of Wesley French in there. The misidentification of Kyle Hamilton.
3: Over and over I mean over all game. And yeah. over again. The entire
4: game. And then all of a sudden Andy, it was one thing to misidentify or to know maybe he's coming free. Okay. Like we don't have enough to block that guy. He's coming free. Minshew has twenty five career starts. Either you hot read the hell out of that mm-hmm. and you know you gotta get rid of it, or just general pocket awareness. It was a miracle Minshew didn't get knocked out of the game with some of those hits. He, he was limping off the field a couple times, yeah. From Kyle Hamilton. So that's something that again, you're always gonna look at the good and the bad from every game, win or lose. That was one where I'm like, man, from identification standpoint, A, I expect a little bit more from Minshew, but then once the ball snap, just have some general awareness to say, oh yeah, that guy's coming. I just got to get rid of it and not take
3: a massive hit. Matthew, one more before we get to the top of the hour here. Matthew, fire away, buddy.
4: Hey,
2: good morning, guys.
3: What's up, Matthew? What's up?
2: So, Kevin, I couldn't help but notice little Max Bowen not only correctly picked the Colts to win, but I believe he he knocked that little helmet down, a little omen to
4: that helmetless catch, maybe? Ah, Matthew, look at you. You are on to something on this Monday morning. How about Max Bowen? And Andy Sweeney, we have not brought this up. I saw
3: it, Mo Alley Cox. Well, I was going to get to that at eight o'clock. Yeah, which I love. We'll get to Mo Cox. Thank you, Matthew, for the call. Yes. For those that I love it have I missed it. it.
4: Max cool. Bowen is picking games. He's what, each two, week. he's what two and one. He is two and one right now. There, and Andy Sweeney, go. if you have put a ten dollar bet on all three of Max Bowen's picks,
3: <laughs> you have twenty dollars. Or what is it? What's the uh, What's the outcome? You would be up thirty-one dollars <laughs> hey, and thirty-five hey, cents. There you go. Boy, think, that's real
2: degenerate gambling there. I'm I'm following what a toddler is picking on a weekly basis. Well, that sounds like a shot
3: of the window. Sounds like a shot of my toddler. <laughs> no, I'm just
2: saying. <laughs> if <laughs> someone's astute, using that to, to you know a gambling advice. To- right am I there. am
3: I allowed to do this? I was five and one on my Sweeney six pack. I know. Am I allowed to was. even brag about that? I that mean was. I'm gonna be one in five. I don't know what I'm doing, but I was five and one. Now, did those involve. Those Damn, just, Illinois 15.5. I was going to say. Yeah, that's one. I knew you had one, one. No, that's the loser. Was that the only college game? Uh, no, the other college game was. No, not another college game. I can't remember what it was now. I need to go How look it up. How about Notre Dame, Ohio State opening up at 3.5? Oh. oh.
4: Ended at 3. The refs put one second back on the clock, so the extra points kicked. I know.
3: I, listen, I know. <laughs> brother, brother, I know. Everyone was watching, but no, I had the Carolina over. I had the Patriots about that? Even added a little Pittsburgh last. That was a good weekend. I don't know if my child's going to go to college, but if so, it was a good weekend uh, towards that.
4: I can't believe the Dolphins scored 70.
3: 70 points, man. 70. Denver gave up in that game. By the way, a little look ahead to Sunday.
4: Oh, you think so? You think gave. they gave up? They gave up. Rams at Bengals tonight, and then they come oh, yeah. to Lucas Oil next week. Is that a schedule win for the Colts? Uh,
3: yeah, what do you think? Absolutely it is. Do you believe
4: in schedule wins? Uh, Short week? Maybe West, maybe West not Coast as much. teams
3: in Cincinnati, and then they play in Indy? I don't believe in the West Coast thing because they get on a plane, and it's another hour in the air. That I don't believe in, but the quick turnaround, losing a day, I do believe in. For injuries, and you know, if there's a big injury tonight, it'd be one less day to get ready if it's an ankle, concussion, everything else. He
4: is. Andy Sweeney. I'm Tom Allen. I, I'm snapping my fingers like I'm Tom Allen post-game IU Glee it's like Club practice. like a poetry practice. slam in there. <laughs> Coming up here at <laughs> open mic night. 8.30 for myself. We'll continue to take your calls. 317-239-1070. Again, Juju Brents joins us at 9.30. It's a beautiful Monday here in Indy.
3: Yeah, that's what it sounded like on the fan on Sunday. Colts winners 22-19 over the Ravens, and we're reacting. Uh, We'll keep taking your calls this morning, 317-239-1070. Juju Brent's going to join us coming up at 9.30. I know both of us here want to get back into, KB, a little Shane Steichen talk, but you mentioned it, and I was going to bring it up at 8 o'clock if we didn't get to it uh, before, and that is, and I love this stuff. I want to be clear, and it's great for us and it's shameless it's shameless promotion for us but Mo Ali Cox retweeting the fan from over the weekend and our predictions uh, everybody a clean sweep all 10 gas bags here at the fan picking <laughs> picking the Baltimore Ravens to win see you had 24 16 i had 27 mm-hmm. yeah. 17 um, what did Mark have Thirty. oh mark had a 30 mm-hmm. spot yep. he had 30 to 17 uh, poor Jimmy Cook had 34-20. I mean, nobody was close. If I if So Max I, Bone is smarter than Ma- all of us, Max, right? Well, yeah, there's no doubt about that. He absolutely is. The bar is. wasn't very high to begin yeah, with. But <laughs> here, here's the thing. If, if I would have known that everyone, you know, it's like when they do the college game day or NFL predictions, right. if I had known that it was a clean sweep, maybe... Would I have been the one that flipped to the Colts just to just to be different in the percentage chances that the Colts won the game? And then, of course, they went out and they won the damn game. Well, I feel
4: like, Mark, this happened last year with the Chiefs, right? Chiefs-Colts yeah. game? Oh, of course. Of course it did. I think some Colts player did the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. re, <laughs> retweeted that. I gave Mo, who I like a lot, I gave Mo the Homer Simpson uh, gif, you know, coming out of the bushes, going back into the oh, bushes. Oh, yes, I didn't, see, I didn't see that. That's what well, I gave Well, who was him. it
3: last year? Do you guys remember which player? did it last year Gosh. do you remember mark
4: was it kenny moore i don't remember i would have guessed some like tight end <laughs> or db those ones seem to be on the social so, media train a little bit Yeah, more. But, so
3: mo alley cox isn't he's not following us someone sends that to right, him right? right he's got right, a family right. member he's got a buddy who's well, watching what we're doing here i would imagine And i think the colt's official account did the nfl network crew they okay.
4: all picked, and Arizona did the NFL Network crew, which I do have to laugh a few times when you – and this is like the Ryan Day comment. <laughs> we don't listen to the noise. Oh, God. We ignore
3: all the noise. The biggest lie the coaches We and don't listen say. to the
4: noise unless we prove people wrong, and then we address – the noise, oh, right?
3: You guys know, whether it be professionals or especially in colleges, uh, if you're following college football, college basketball, all they do is listen to the noise. We don't listen to the noise. No, it's literally all you do. Literally. It's, no, it, it really is. Enough where Mo Alley Cox is posting Jimmy Cook's pick of thirty seventeen or whatever it was. <laughs> to be fair, I mean,
2: 16. Anthony Richardson's out. You're going to Baltimore. The, the oh, it's like elements that, are not very yeah. kind. You don't know what you're getting. They changed our mind. You're, you're That's getting, fine. I'll you're wear getting,
3: it. You're getting
4: grit. That's what you're getting. I'll wear it. I don't care. Brought this up a little bit earlier, and Andy, it was one of the five things I wrote about after the win, and I don't know if it directly relates to the 60 minutes of football, but the guy that is the new man inside that building this year, Shane Steichen, and I think a question we had about Steichen when he took the job is, all right, we know the quarterback background. That speaks for itself. They're going to make a quarterback selection. number 4 overall, that's going to be his biggest calling card. But the Colts' issues last season were more than just a quarterback. And how would Shane can react to, for the first time in his career, being a head football coach? And some people were asking, is he more Frank Reich? Is he more Nick Sirianni? Who is he? He's more Sirianni with the emotion. I think you see it on the Mm -hmm. sideline. Um, But I think from a communication standpoint, Guys gravitate towards the direct, concise communicator. When he talks, he sounds smart. He doesn't talk very long, but you feel confidence jolt, I think, when you hear him in front of media sessions. I would think that would be even more apparent behind closed doors. But it's the accountability, Andy. And Dion Jackson starts the year as a running back. It's one of the worst games you'll ever see. Benched in week two, doesn't play a single offensive snap, gets cut on Saturday. Daryl Baker Jr. has a poor game in Houston. I didn't I was not one last week, Andy, that thought he should be outright benched. You know, I thought, okay, it's one game. He's an undrafted guy from last year. You know, Juju Brents has missed all this time. No, we talked Juju Brents playing a little bit more. That That's how we talked about it. We didn't talk about a benching to Baker. No, I thought, okay, maybe Juju dresses this week and yeah. then maybe the Rams game or something else. What do they do? They just flat out bench Daryl Baker Jr. I mean, he goes from a starter in your nickel package to a healthy scratch on yesterday. This These are little accountability moments your locker room is going to notice full well. They're going to see it they're going to feel it and you don't necessarily have to say it with your words your actions are speaking enough in that if you have subpar performances there will be consequences now to be fair Deion Jackson's an undrafted kid Daryl Baker Jr. is an undrafted guy this isn't Braden Smith having four false start penalties in the game and you're just benching him so it's not whatever you aren't you know benching these high profile stars but you're benching guys that have starting roles and it's I would say a breath of fresh air and it's a little bit more public accountability than we've seen in years past here and whether it's the in-game management Andy of what I love him sprinkling in a couple hey you better take a timeout we might run a play here it's what he's done with Richardson early on I think there are a lot of reasons Colts fans should have optimism about Shane Steichen as their head football coach
3: I I think if you were to rate right now giving that Anthony Richardson Left the Texans game, did not play. Now, they said during the broadcast he did not clear protocol, right? So he begins this week still uncleared. That's what they said, at least, as of Sunday morning. Right, well, there are five steps to it, so he didn't clear all five. He yeah, he didn't clear all he, he five. He could have
4: cleared some of the but five we think steps. We
3: think he'll be back, but the point is, and you know, you harped on it, I harped on it, this entire season was about Anthony Richardson, right? Right. And so you haven't got that if you're a Colts fan. Yeah. That, that, I mean, and that's the biggest bummer yeah, from well, yesterday. That, that's the biggest bummer, but you know, we're not sitting here talking about AR. My point is that through all of this— the number one thing if you're a Colts fan today and you wake up on this victorious Monday on the fan is the coaching staff is Shane Steichen. They are organized. They are prepared. And they, they are taking uh, players that not a lot of people know, right? I mean, let's just be honest. They're not taking a group of superstars and they're they're getting the most out of them. Don't you feel that way? A guy like Zach Moss, you're getting the most out of Zach Moss. You're getting the most out of Gardner Minshew. And I think that is something that not all coaching staffs do. He kept Gus Bradley. How's that defense plan this year? Uh, he didn't have to keep him. He could have went somewhere else. There's nine million defensive coordinators. He could have brought someone from Philly. He could have brought someone else who uh, who he who he had a great relationship with. Uh, but them being prepared, him being an excellent play caller, them being you know uh, you know coaching wise ahead of the curve. Not not you know you go into some of these matchups. I'm not feeling like the Colts are just so undermanned uh, at the at the coaching spot. And it's because he's. Not the you know the Dan Campbell rah rah. He's not the he's not going to give you a quote. He's never going to. I mean, is he going to say anything this season? We're like, damn, I can't believe Steichen said that. I mean, he hasn't thus far. No <laughs> preseason, yeah. the first three weeks of the of the year. You saw some of the emotion uh, after the game, and I I think his message and it's clear. They're two and one. They win at Baltimore on Sunday is resonating, and now you have you have this capsule uh, of of an organized team of a team now that has seen a couple wins of them saying, okay, this guy, you know, players know when a guy knows what he's doing, right? The the players say, okay, this guy gets it. He knows what he's doing. But if I'm a Colts fan today, given that you've went you know, the first uh, or the last two weeks, basically, without Anthony Richardson, to me, I am as excited about Steichen and the staff as, like, to me, that's number one on my list of things that like get me ready that, hey, we go win this game. We can be 3-1. and We can be right there at the end in the AFC South. Why not? And again, Andy,
4: mixture of accountability and then the in-game management. And that was a question that I had because he is calling plays and he's the head football coach. That is a lot on your plate on Sunday afternoons. And a reason why I think the Ravens have had a very impressive run under John Harbaugh, why the Steelers have had such a consistent run under Mike Tomlin, obviously the Patriots with Belichick. All three of those guys, Andy, they are the CEO on game day. They They don't have any game day play calling responsibilities, but yet when those moments arise on game days where you have to make the split second moves, any side of the ball More often than not, those three teams have made them over the last decade, 15 years. Well, what did you see yesterday? You saw the play caller head coach outmanage the manager in Harbaugh. You know, it's little things, but they can be pivotal moments of, hey, you got to take a timeout right now because I'm running my offense back out there. It's little threats like that to where the Colts win a little bit there. And then what happens late in the game? Baltimore gets a golden chance off the safety to kick the ball deep like Rego did. If Zay Flowers runs around for three seconds and falls down... All he has to do. The game isn't over, but there is a very difficult chance the Colts drive 50 yards with a minute to go and no timeouts and get into field goal rank. I don't know if the Colts offense had that in them. If you tackle them in bounds a couple times, the game's probably over. And in that moment... Harbaugh and that Baltimore staff lost track of time being put back on the clock. So when the onside kick, which ended up being a you know an actual punt by Rego, when it was actually kicked, there was two oh three left on the clock. They take a fair catch, and that's forty seconds. The Colts get back. It, it's those little moments that there's just so much of that in the NFL. I know it sounds really like coaching nerdy, but that's the stuff that separates you from going, you know, nine and eight to. Six and ten, you know, things like that over the course of a season. So, uh, Shane Sykin, again,
3: brilliant with the accountability in my opinion. I've really liked what he's done in games. So now I can't remember back with two minutes ago. Did the Ravens have a timeout there? I need to go back and watch that during yes. the, the timeout mm-hmm. because they should have. Could they have, they yep. could have called a timeout because I think there's two things KB they didn't understand. Number one that there were two that there was two o three on the clock, and if you're Zay Flowers and you're a rookie back there, yes he he had room to catch the ball and run around for a couple seconds. But also it's not a normal punt. He's seen the ball being punted. The clock does not start because it's a kickoff.
4: Baltimore had three timeouts.
3: They had three timeouts. See, that's yeah. that's the biggest problem. Like, Zay Flowers should have done things differently, but he was told, probably, to just go ahead and fair catch it. We're not going to do anything exotic here because there's under two minutes to go. We can go ahead and waste a couple plays and basically waste the game away. That's on Harbaugh. They had three timeouts. That's And Harbaugh's a damn good coach. I right, mean, I think right. he's a top three or four coach in the league. But no, Steichen was better yesterday. And there's there's
4: I would say there's three to four games all season long, Andy. That's like yesterday. Which t- teams are wilting down the stretch? M- mistakes galore. Stepping out of the end zone, dumb penalties. Um, you know, fielding a punt when you shouldn't field it. A fair catch on that. Um, you know, on that onside punt. Um, who makes the less mistakes? I mean, that that's what the feel was, and that can be what it's like, especially in an outdoor, you know, ugly weather game. You know, injuries galore on both sides of the ball and the Colts. Made less
3: than the Ravens. Um, should we get to our goats from the weekend? Yeah, then we can take some calls, but let's do our goats. Yeah, I got no problem with it. I'm struggling on who I want. I know who you want. I know who you want. So I, we're doing that then?
4: Yeah, let's Juju go Juju Brent's in an I hour, by want. the way. Let's do our goats of the week, and uh, I, I cannot wait to share my... Uh, lowercase letter goat.
0: Who is the goat? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Go! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's here me! That's why he's the goat! The goat! Or goat. Oh! Oh! Ah! This guy sucks of the week.
4: Man, all right, It's a victory Monday. We have to start full uppercase goats. So that would be the greatest of all time. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm stealing the obvious one. How do you not go with the performance by Matt Gay yesterday? Again, four field goals from at least 53 yards. Tried to paint the picture for you guys earlier. It's
3: not just oh there it Excuse is me. that's the first time you it really caught you do you need more of your spray again kb struggling he had a big saturday a big sunday uh you know this is now you have to talk to your family though tell the tell Should the I wife, spray yeah go give us a there we go oh, i'm a new man
4: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> painted the picture earlier it's sure? not just <laughs> the four field goals by matt gay it is the outdoor elements it's all four coming in the second half, the fourth quarter, overtime. All four down the middle, doing it opposite Justin Tucker. If you miss one of those, you come home as a loser. Matt Gay, one of the greatest. I would argue, not that you know I've studied kicker
3: history, I'd argue it's the greatest regular season game kickers ever had. But you took the easy one. Mark, do you want to go next? I know who mine is. Sure. I have got
2: sound to accompany mine. Uh, mine would be yeah Miami Dolphins offense. Oh my God. my God, seventy points. I've never seen seventy points in an NFL game in my life. Over 700 yards of offense. Tua's <laughs> slinging it all over the field. Sean Payton looks lost and confused and wishes he was back in the broadcast booth. Mike McDaniel looking like the early coach of the year so far. He is outstanding. Miami Dolphins hanging 70 on the Denver Broncos. That is my goat of the you week. You know,
3: McDaniel. Like no, a, and Jalen Waddell didn't even play. He didn't even, yeah, yeah. Well, the top, you know, what, 10, 10 12 wide receivers in the entire NFL. Ah, it's okay. You take 70. a week off. Take Guys, a Take this a week is the off NFL. 70. Dude, it makes absolutely no sense. It makes and and then you will know, two was out of the game. What was it? Mid third quarter. Well, and they scored. They're in
2: like they had like sixty points, and there's still nine minutes left in the fourth. Yeah. I'm like, we might see an all time record. here. <laughs> he,
4: he, he could have kicked the field goal there yeah. late. He could mm-hmm. have to go yeah. to go yeah. For, yeah. That, for that. Record. He, he
3: was a ball boy, by the way, for the Broncos back in the day. So everyone's like, you got beat by your ball boy. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, okay, my go to the week. Do you, does anyone in this room? He is the most uh, anonymous coach in the country. Do you know who Dan Lanning is? Does anyone know who Dan Lanning is? He just
4: kicked Dion's ass. Yes, right? he
3: is the he is the Oregon coach. ESPN put a little bit of his pump up speech. Here's what it sounded like before his team in Oregon annihilated Dion.
0: Rooted in substance, not flash. Rooted in substance. Today we talk with our pads. You're talking your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man. Right? They're fighting for clicks. We're fighting for wins. <laughs> yes. There's a difference. Right? There's a difference. Right? This game ain't
2: going to be played in Hollywood. It's going to be played on the grass. Yes, yes. Right? It's going to be played on the grass.
1: Let's go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Figured you would like that. that Not is played great. in Hollywood. Uh, so, yeah. He's, he's my uh, uppercase goat of the week. And I had... Oh, I should have had this ready. Did you see how bad it was for the, for the state? Of uh, for for I guess all of uh, Colorado between Colorado and the Denver Broncos. Oh, I have to find that dude! I mean, they lost it was like a hundred forty-two to, to six, what, right? Yeah, Dion? whatever it was, it was unbelievable over the weekend. All right, uh, the lowercase oh goat of Should
4: the we weekend. So you leave the room, so you can vent. Oh God, I and mean, this is why I sound like this. Um, you yelled that much during I, the game? I, I, yeah. And what are, the ki- what do the kids do? There were moments where I was like, "Come on, Kevin, grow up!" But. <laughs> I like Marcus Freeman a lot. I think he's done a lot of good for Notre Dame's program. I think he will continue to do a lot of good. Mm -hmm. I don't want to mince words. That was the worst coaching mistake I have ever seen. And what I am confused by, the decision to only have 10 men on the field twice, one following a timeout, the other time followed an Ohio State substitution. We saw it yesterday in the Colts-Ravens game. If somebody subs, you can sub. So they still don't sub after Ohio State gets a new running back on the field. His explanation for it afterwards, guys, oh my God. Yeah, I saw it. Not good. That might have been worse than the actual decision saying he didn't want to get a penalty by substituting a guy. Like, whatever. I don't know. Maybe somebody would have jumped off sides on purpose to institute a stoppage of play and then you run that 11th guy out there. So you're telling me you would rather have 10 dudes defending one yard than 11 dudes defending one? 18 inches. Not to mention the 11th dude, Andy. It's
3: not a DB. <laughs> it's a defensive lineman. It's a 250-pound defensive end. Yeah, I, I just you're inside the one. It's it, the ball's at and the one-yard line.
4: Defensive-minded head coach. I know your I, defensive coordinator Al Golden just coached in the Super Bowl. Your defensive line coach Al Washington, former Ohio State
3: assistant, is on the sidelines right there. Yeah, but people make fun of Al Golden. I don't know if Al Golden's working to your favor. This is my face right now. <laughs> Look at his face right now. I just. Are oh, the kids? Are, I mean, the kids are asleep though at this point. They're asleep almost at the very beginning of the game. Marcus Freeman was asleep. Did the it? wife say you're going to wake the kids up? No, we were
4: there. We were there. Yeah. I. This is why I was yelling. In the moment, yelling at James Laurinaitis. I feel like I'm getting a second wind with my voice after <laughs> you are, these. Sprays. You are getting a second wind. I mean. I, a drive, third 19, <laughs> a drive with 3rd and 19, a drive with 4th and 7, it is one of the dumbest coaching, it is the dumbest, now, I, I'm not even going to go with a caveat, it is the dumbest coaching decision I've ever seen, and the explanation from f- after it was even dumber.
3: Twice. Two plays in a row. Well, Shane Steichen would not have made that. We we just we just talked about Shane Steichen being you know, being a smart coach and, and this and that and being organized and being prepared and in game coaching and kind of knowing the rules and what's going on. You saw the opposite of that on Saturday night.
4: The dumbest coaching decision I've ever seen. Oh, I might be able to top you there.
3: <laughs> Is that hyperbole? <laughs> I, I, Two I, plays in a row, guys. I feel like One I'm, being, after timeout. I'm being put on the spot I know there's a lot of dumb calls, but I mean Freeman, no, no, no it was, no, it, was no, it was bad. No, it was bad. Not in that moment.
4: Notre Dame football, this is why you won't get to that tier one. Can
2: I do my bad? Because this kind of tails off your, Uh-oh. your coaching decision. I don't know uh, if I
4: was done, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> uh, last night's Sunday night game was Steelers-Raiders. Uh, the Raiders were down eight points with about two and a half minutes left. And Josh McDaniels trots <laughs> out his kicker to kick a 26-yard field goal. Again, down eight points. So he cuts the, lead, the, the Steelers' lead to five. Raiders end up losing that game after the game. Hey, why did you kick that 26-yard field goal when you're down eight points? Josh McDaniels responds, quote, we needed multiple possessions. Does anybody want to tell Josh McDaniels <laughs> that it is in fact possible to get eight points in one possession in an oh, NFL maybe. game? So they lost that game. So we have counting had- issues
4: in South Bend and in
2: Vegas? Yeah, so he thought he needed multiple possessions to... Tie the game with the Steelers. So, they lost 23-18. to 18. Josh McDaniels continues to be a
4: chode.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How am I going to top that?
4: I'm not calling Marcus Freeman a chode because he looks like he could throw me, you know,
3: from here to South Bend, but... Is that the reason uh, Mark called him a chode is he thinks he can beat Josh McDaniels up and you're scared of it? That's I, I why you are not You do would, the same to Freeman? I would take Mark
2: Dighton against Josh McDaniels. <laughs> well, Josh McDaniels ain't loved in this town, I can tell you that well, I, Yeah,
3: well, yeah, good point. Uh, all right, so he, this my thinking, I was going to go with Sean Payton, and then I thought, well, who really cares? We've harped enough on how bad Denver was, and then I was going to go to Dabo Sweeney. Uh, losing, uh, and I love when Dabo stinks it up and I said let me leave Dabo alone I settled with Apple Music as my lowercase go to the week you know why because they announced and they were instrumental on Usher being the halftime act Something for the Super Bowl. Something that, KB, I don't, we don't have to do this as a segment because I kind of glaze over when national, you know, when national radio goes to tell us who you want to be on the Super Bowl halftime show. Ultimately, I don't care. I'll be drinking, I'll be eating, I'll be gambling, I'll be live betting, I'll be doing everything. I'll be having my party, okay? But Usher as a Super Bowl halftime moves the needle zero for Andy Sweeney. Zero. I I mean, I I know they, they... they, they, but the NFL doesn't care about Andy Swing because you're going to watch. I mean, they I, care I know. about Maddie Bowen being happy Listen, that it's Usher. I mean, does she like Usher? Really? Yeah. I mean, Usher hasn't done anything in 15 years, has he? Yeah, but isn't that what you're looking for? How
2: many weddings have you gone to? <laughs> yeah, he's playing every single
3: time. <laughs> aren't you
4: just looking for the... Oh, come on. You guys aren't pivoting against me here, right? Oh, I, I think the Super Bowl acts lately, it's been very smart. They aren't trying to track football crazy dude that's got three screens up. You're going to watch the game.
2: Well, that's why I thought the obvious was... Uh, tra- uh, Travis Kelsey's new, oh, new girl, wait, Taylor talk- Swift. Well, I'm that so seems- tired of seeing this, too. Well, you need to calm down over oh, there. Oh, my uh, God. But is that Can a conflict of interest? I don't think so. But it, wouldn't, wouldn't you think to maximize your ratings and interest, you would get the Swifties on the halftime show?
3: Those ratings would be booming. Yeah, but they went Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick well, Lamar. That halftime show rocked. Yeah, yeah uh, yes, thank you. With 50 Cent upside down. I mean, Rihanna, I didn't care about, but I like Rihanna yeah, but again, tenfold uh, yes. over Usher. I just don't care about Whoa! Usher at but all. But they're not
4: going for I know. Andy Sweeney's musical interest. I'd rather have Creed.
2: They're not playing Limb Biscuit at half no, Creed I, over Usher. A
3: hundred thousand times. I, I bet every guy in his car right now or truck being a man driving to work thinking, I'd rather they, I'd rather have Creed than Usher. They Get the females in there. <laughs> Is he is he a heartthrob still? Is Usher still a heartthrob? Oh, my
4: sister in law loves him. Okay,
3: <laughs> I sent her the text.
4: She was very excited. Okay, Justin wants to put Chuck Pagano's fake punt decision as the worst coaching moment ever. Uh, n- no, not when you consider the moment, the moment of the game, it happening on back to back plays, it happening in your own stadium after a timeout, after Ohio State subs, and the fact Andy is the Freeman
3: didn't know the rules. That's the that's the point. Well. He knew they had 10 out there, and he still did yeah, it. Like, but, but he also didn't know the rule there either. but bo- Yeah, and that that's thats the killer. It's not just, oh, it's a fake punt and you like, make a bad who decision. Who cares about a penalty there? Yeah.
4: It's on the one-yard line. If I were his SID, I would have gone up to him and said, <laughs> dude, before you get in front of that podium, just lie and say, yeah, I lie. didn't know we had 10 on the field. Someone just informed me of that. That's an awful mistake. I take full responsibility. If he would have said that. I would have slept maybe an extra half hour longer than I did.
3: (laughs) I'm looking at some of these. The black-eyed peas, Madonna. Yeah, I just Usher doesn't do it for me. I know nobody cares. Anyway, my guess mine could be Dabo then. I loved him losing. Juju
4: Brents in an hour. It is a wake-up call with KB and Andy here on a beautiful Monday.
0: The morning check down. 93.5 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Thought you going to rest
4: the pipes there? Marcus <laughs> Freeman clearly has gotten to me here. I totally forgot about the morning checkdown. You're shook. Uh, other college football locally here from this weekend, West Lafayette, it has been an ugly start to the Ryan Walters era, particularly at home. They lose to Wisconsin for the 643rd <laughs> straight time. Uh, and in Indiana on Saturday night, Andy, uh, survive in advance against Akron? Is that
3: Akron? Yeah, uh, now I am I am looking at the snapping video. We'll have to play that in the 9 o'clock hour, the snapping video by Tom Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do get the win. Uh, I think the other thing, and we've Four been... Four overtime win over Akron, by the way. Guys, <laughs> Akron... <laughs> Oh, Akron just lost to Kentucky by 32, I think it was. I think it was 35-3. to uh, Quickly, Major League Baseball, we've been following it. Uh- NL wildcard has been crazy. Arizona second, Chicago third, Miami fourth. Uh, if you're looking at the seating, their game back. The Reds now two and a half back. The last two series, whether it be Minnesota, home against the Pirates, not so good. That Saturday night game was a complete debacle. The Reds did save their season by winning yesterday. Everyone else won. If they would have lost, it would have been three and a half back with uh, five to play, and they would have basically been out, and that's what it looks like. The Reds have five games left. Two at Cleveland, three at St. Louis. Arizona has seven games left. They have a day game uh, with the Yankees today because of the postponements, rain and everything over the weekend there in New York. Then they go at White Sox uh, for three, and then three against Houston. The Cubbies at Atlanta for three, at Milwaukee for three, and the Marlins at the Mets and at Pittsburgh three, uh, each respectively there. Uh,
4: other week three items of note in the NFL. Again, you've got the Texans beating the Jags 37-17. to 17, So the AFC South filled with three one and 1-2 teams. And then the Colts atop the division at 2-1. Mark will give you the floor to talk about your Bears. Mm.
2: Do we have to do that now? <laughs> I need 10 minutes. Sorry. They're awful. They're terrible. Uh, yeah, Travis Kelsey bringing Taylor Swift to the game is like the homecoming king, yeah. bringing uh, his his date to see him beat up on the uh, on the scrub team. <laughs> That's what that was. I mean, I thought they were going to put a 50 on him. I'm surprised they didn't. But, yeah, that was a piss-poor effort for a team that had a god-awful week in just about every facet that they could possibly have had. And I'm telling you right now, Bears-Broncos Sunday at <laughs> 1 o'clock. That is a toilet bowl game in Week Four. So
4: we have four winless teams in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's Bears, a great game. Bears, Broncos next week, and uh-huh. then
3: the other winless teams:
4: Panthers, the, Vikings. Yeah, also Panthers. Play. The Bears have two first-round picks so far,
2: <laughs> and it's theirs and the and the Panthers so far. I so. think
3: I think the to- now you're a fan. But I think the toilet games are great. I think Broncos Bears is actually a lot of fun. Zero zero tie. I'm hoping I, for. Yeah,
4: I would like like a Week Eight toilet. You know, if they're both like winless week eight, I think that's got yeah, a little better yeah. ring
2: to it. The only
4: uh, the only way
2: I think Matt Eberflus obviously is on the hot seat, but I think the he could be like the Bears never like they hang their hat on. We've never fired a head coach midseason. If you yeah. get blown out by the Denver Broncos, who just got seventy hung on them against the Miami Dolphins, you need to be fired, and that could very well happen on, on tonight
4: Sunday. Monday night doubleheader. Eagles five point favorite at. Tampa Rams one and a half point underdog at Cincinnati again the Colts will face the Rams coming up here on Sunday afternoon so we'll get the 715 815 Monday night double header love it like we got oh, I just last love it week all right now it is time for a break phone lines 317-239-1070. plenty to get to there and uh Juju Brents joins us in an hour
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: I think my favorite part of the show, maybe the last week, is when we were talking about Usher and Mark Dykton goes... My sister-in-law was excited that I. Usher- She's very excited. <laughs> I mean, honestly, back in the day, she wanted to get invited
2: on stage by him.
4: Hey, oh Calm down, man. over there, guys. We're gonna have to do the math. What? what when's the Super Bowl this year?
3: February? What? Uh, oh, I like can look 15th? it up. I don't yeah, know, something, 12, like, something that. like that. Yeah, second weekend usually, right?
4: Nine months from Super Bowl halftime. Let's just watch the calendar and see how many babies are born. Usher's got some baby making music. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, yes, Whoa! he does. There's no doubt about it. He and had like a, it, And he, if the
4: game's a dud, I'd rather
3: have Usher at halftime than Creed. He's he's the uh, he's got the abs right. Remember, it was a big deal like he had the abs and everything like a decade ago. Again, I haven't I haven't seen anything from Usher in quite a while. Yeah, I Haven't seen my abs in quite a while. Uh, you, well, yeah, Look at me. Uh, Colts winners twenty two nineteen. We'll keep talking about it. Reminder: Juju Brent's gonna join us at nine thirty. Want to run through some calls here, KB? We have several. KB's lost his voice too, uh, which isn't great as well. I've got the spray. You do? Uh, Okay. There's a little five spray there. Mm -hmm. Now, is that something you get like at CVS? Uh, Or you got to get from Amazon?
4: Yeah, I got it about a year ago off Amazon. Corey Cox, great musician here locally. um, He told me this is the way to go. Entertainer's Secret, it's what it's called, for dry throat and hoarse voice.
3: And then he also said drink bourbon. Can you drink or can you spray too much of it? You've had about 15, 17, 18 pumps this morning of that spray. When is too much? Can you get addicted to it? You know, like people get addicted to like the nasal spray. That they Directions, have to have the nasal spray. It says
4: spray li- liberally okay. and repeat as often as needed to eliminate dryness and
2: restore vocal
3: quality and throat comfort. So it sounds like you, you can do whatever you want.
2: And you haven't done the bourbon yet. You want to go to JMV's desk and see if he's got a bottle laying around? You can do a couple shots <laughs> he here. He does have
3: a, lot of, a bunch of bourbon. Wait
4: till I dive into that and then give a real take on Marcus. Arden,
3: Arden, like his like like all the alcohol he has is from winners of like fantasy leagues from like you know like three years ago haven't picked up their makers mark or something like
4: that
2: liquid trophies as we call them.
4: Before we hop back into those calls, I do want to go back to Juju Brents here for just a second. For I I thought Andy the NFL debut for him, what I thought was some more like physicality that I really didn't know he had that in him, and again. He missed so much time. We only saw him in two preseason games. We didn't see him week one or week two. Um, He brought a little bit of like, whoa, at the corner position, a guy hits like that. He brought that right away. That really stood out to me. He had a big... Uh, pass defense on Mark Andrews mm-hmm. in the third quarter as yep. well. On a third down, they that's, put him in man that's coverage. That's the one
3: I was thinking
4: of. The that other was a, play
3: he made. Yeah, right. that
4: was a big play. I, we, we've we tried to focus in the 7 o'clock hour on that strip that he had and the recovery of it. Again, that was a ma- that play for me turned around a game that I think could have quickly got to double digits. And if you get down double digits early, Andy, with that pass rush, mm-hmm. that offensive line – and your inability to identify where those rushes were coming from that could have been a disastrous recipe. So, it's not Matt Gay, he's not being carried off the field. I think Juju Brents strip and then the recovery there
3: uh, was the non Matt Gay play of the game. 2391070, let's head to the phone lines. Paul, you've been waiting. We appreciate it, Paulie. What's happening? Good morning.
6: What's up, fellas? How you doing? Good. All right, real fast. I told you guys last week the Colts were going to win this game. Um also, the best thing that happened to the coach in this game was Tucker missing that field goal because it put doubt in the coach's mind and Tucker's mind in overtime to attempt those long field goals because any other time, they would have rushed him out there to, to attempt the 63, 64-yard field goal. Also, to Luke, who said do we need Jonathan Taylor? Luke, are you delusional? (laughs) Yes, we need Jonathan Taylor. One of those runs he had, he got caught from behind, which Jonathan Taylor would have took that to the house. Another thing, I told you guys last week also, uh, Daryl Baker Jr. needed to be benched. Juju got out there, and he played aggressive, and he got after that ball, and he was very seldom seen trailing a guy. And the last thing is, Alec Pierce has got to catch these deep balls. Had he caught that deep ball, the game probably wouldn't have even went in overtime. He's got to catch these balls. They're hitting me right in the hands, and he's dropping them. Fellas, that's all I have. Have a great week, and I will talk to
3: you guys later. Appreciate it, Paul. What, what are you smiling at over there? I just love
4: Paul's uh, <laughs> energy always on a Monday. Yeah, Pierce, kind of the same old, same old Andy. Played a ton of snaps, uh, three catches. You know, a guy that we haven't talked about yet who it's just, Deacon Dunk is selling it short, but he just has big moments that keeps everything like on track. Josh Downs. Especially when your tight ends were as quiet as they were yesterday, um, really quiet day from the tight end group. Grantson had two catches, Ogletree had one. That was it. Uh, Mo Alley Cox did not have a catch. You know, you you've got to find other ways to kind of methodically move the ball. Josh Downs yesterday, the rookie, eight catches for fifty-seven yards, um, and I thought it had some important moments for an offense that was, you know, certainly lacking in the big playability.
3: Two, three, nine, ten, seventy. Ryan up next on the fan on a victory Monday for the Colts. Ryan, fire away.
6: Hey, good morning, KB and Andy. I have to say, as a Colts fan, I am so pumped up this morning. That was such a great game yesterday. Um, I've, I've been thinking all week, eight and a half. That's too many. That's too many points to give us because Steichen is a dog. <laughs> Bad weather out there, missing players on both teams. I just, I just couldn't see the Colts losing by more than a touchdown. And uh, man, I, I need to get me a Shane Steichen jersey. That
3: guy is just <laughs> incredible. I get a personal. What track. number would he be? Get a personalized Steichen what was his jersey. Number at UNLV. Uh, let me look it up. Steichen <laughs> UNLV. Ryan,
4: thank you for the call. You know, Andy, <laughs> hey. I found it fitting. In that game, it was the
3: team that. He was number 15. 15 was? Yeah, he was number 15. It
4: was the Dome team who's yet to play outdoors this year, who I can't recall them practicing in inclement weather one time this offseason, handling, you know, it wasn't horrific elements by, by any means, but handling some less than ideal elements better than the Ravens team who has played outdoors twice this year and is used to a little bit more of that than Indy would. Um, I think if you like went off the weather plays, Drop snaps, drops. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, didn't they have one snap that like hit hit Lamar well, in the at, ankles? At the end
3: of the game, Lamar wasn't even looking for it, and the ball barely got yeah. off the ground anyway. If you like, go to the yeah. weather plays. The Colts handled the conditions better than Baltimore. Travis, up next on the fan two three nine ten seventy. Travis, fire away, buddy. Hey, how are we doing this morning? Good. What's up, Travis? Hey,
6: so just real quick, it's funny you talk about Josh McDaniels and uh, numbers being kind of important. Um, does he know that he coaches in Vegas where, uh, like, numbers are really important? <laughs>
2: right. Like, like how many memes are going to be made out of that with him just, like, deer in the headlights look and, like, just like, oh, that's okay. And, you know, with you talking about your uh, throat spray there, I think Josh
6: McDaniels that's was crazy. under the impression that he was supposed to kick field goals liberally, and I think he <laughs>
4: misunderstood the directions.
3: Outstanding, Travis <laughs> there. Tra- Travis, you know what? You know what? Josh McDaniels is, the uh, the dealer showing 15, and he has 18, and he's hitting. That's what he is. That's who Josh McDaniels was on Sunday. You know, it, yeah. it's it, it's funny. Appreciate it, Travis. Thanks,
4: Travis. It's funny that an offensive coach, Andy, makes that decision too. Like, usually that's kind of a defensive coach thinks, oh, no, we're going to get one more stop. We're going to get the ball back. We're going to be good here. And it was the offensive coach and Josh McDaniels with that. Uh, Mark, let's sneak in one more caller. We still want to get to our fan tweets of the game. And again, Juju Brent's going to join us here coming up at 9.30. Mark, who we got? Let's do Chris. Chris, what's up?
6: Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks Uh, for calling. The safety. I think, regardless of fair catch or no, without the field position – that that safety created, we would have lost. If we punt from the back of our end zone, the odds are pretty good. They've got the ball in field goal position right now. And they kick a field goal, four-point game, and who knows what happens. So him stepping out, Ironically, it was probably the right play. Well, and be- no, uh, even
3: though we did it by accident. Well, and by the clock yeah. too, because they put uh, they put two oh three and the kickoff. There is a kickoff, not a punt. On a punt, the clock would have started, right? Not the case when it's yeah. a kickoff. Uh, and then there was obviously the miscommunication there with the Ravens. Well, and-, and pure pure luck
6: there, but yeah, I mean, it. I think it was. I think it worked out great. No,
4: Chris, it's a great point. And, Andy, I brought that up earlier. If you watch the play, you know, they didn't initially call that safety right away. You know, Minshew stepped up in the pocket and he was kind of, you know, moving a little bit more. Even if he somehow would have been able to throw the ball away, either the two-minute warning hits on that third down play or it hits to your point on the fourth down punt from the end zone. And, again, a fourth down punt from the end zone, to Chris's point, you're not going to get field position to where Baltimore started that drive After the safety, after the kickoff, and I say kickoff in quotes because it was a punt, they started that drive uh, from their own 25-yard line. Rigoberto Sanchez, by the way, that was a 62-yard punt, big-time punt there from him. He ain't kicking a 62-yarder from his own end zone in that moment there, so... This is, yeah, I mean the Colts certainly caught some breaks and and that was one of them, but Baltimore compounded it by making a dumb mistake with a fair catch on the kickoff, which gave the Colts about 40 40 more
3: seconds. We'll take a break here in a second, but everybody does realize if the Colts go on to lose that game, Minshew stepping out the back of the end zone is on every one of these highlight reels. It's all over ESPN and the NFL Network. But yeah. instead but instead everything that we're saying it worked out I mean that's just, it's just funny well, how that and, happens and, and it did work out Andy again
4: you know, that play, or it, not even that play, but I, I can't listen to anyone that's saying, you know, start Minshew. He gives you the better chance right now. I mean, that to me is not the right answer in the short term, nor the long term, obviously, either. With that, you overcame a lack of a passing offense yesterday. I don't want to act like Minshew was horrific. Again, he didn't turn the ball over. I guess you could call the safety maybe one of those, but, um, and, and not only would we be doing that, Andy, of obviously you have the image of the Dan Orlovsky safety, but Isaiah McKenzie, just an awful mistake there not to field that punt. It was a 13-yard swing. He could have fielded it at the 15. He lets it bounce, goes down to the two-yard line there. That would have been a play that we're talking about a whole lot more than we are.
3: Yeah, McKenzie's strong. I don't know. Hey, I am not He's not much for them right now. You put right? Josh
4: Downs back there?
3: Uh, I think, I think. listen, if you're willing to move away from Daryl Baker, you're willing to move away from Deion Jackson, uh, Isaiah McKenzie right now, he's not part of the offense, and he made a gap there uh, in special teams that you, that you just can't do, right? You just can't do that.
4: 2-1 and one on the season. You can make the argument the Colts just beat perhaps the best quarterback they will face all season long in that victory yesterday. It's a 2-0 start on the road for the first time since 2013. We'll continue to break it all down with you. Juju Brents, Colt's rookie corner here. Uh, He joins us after a great debut coming up at 9.30. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy.
3: I'll ask Mark, is this the new song?
4: Uh,
2: no, this is uh, this is Angels and Airwaves. Oh, okay. There you this go. They, they do have a side project. Uh, right they kind
3: of do day. have a uh, they do have a new song and a new album coming out. They does, do. i excited. So, so there no, you go. No, this one
2: was a request from Alex Golden from Ooh. setting the pace. He oh, was to hear it? This one. Okay. Well, I there take requests.
3: We
4: go. I it I'm was an, like a DJ. I thought it was an Usher Creed <laughs> collaboration.
3: <laughs> Can <laughs> you take me <laughs> higher? <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't want that over Usher. Okay. A couple things I gotta clean up. I went back there and JMV was mad. He he sent us a tweet and he. He's exactly right. He's got the Evan Williams and Elijah Craig back there. So if you need a little something for the throat, KB, uh, just go back to. Uh, I'm, I've never seen JMV at his desk before. So you can you can you can go back there. It's also Eddie G's birthday today. How about that, oh, Garrison? Eddie Garrison. It, I think it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. He's 25 years old. I'm trying to think what I was doing when I was 25 years old. Legend. Right, you're crushing Broad Ripple, weren't you? Is that what you Gosh, said, or is that maybe know. a little bit? Uh, no. You didn't have crushing, a voice for I, a different reason. Yeah,
4: crushing is probably not <laughs> not the word I would use, but slapping was, the four for Bonzi Colson. <laughs> I was attempting to. Yeah, <laughs> that's Coulson. that's probably very accurate, Mark.
3: <laughs> that's that's a pretty good one. And then we played the promo with the uh, you know the Colts back at home, the tailgate out there. If the if if my son does not come home from the NICU unit, and I mean we're hoping that he does. I might be out there on Sunday uh you know tailgating but here's the thing do any of the promotions people know who i am <laughs> if, if i go if i go out there and i just show up and i'm not wearing you know the fan garb and i'm just wearing a you know what i'm wearing now you know some sort of polo shirt or something like that well they know who i am because I, yeah. sometimes i don't see another employee around here before we leave you've got a distinct look yeah D- do i is yeah. that a good thing i don't, to, I don't know if that's a compliment yeah, no, it's or not. not a compliment oh, it's definitely a compliment <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, would they know me more more about my
4: voice than my distinct look? I guess. Maybe just grab the mic out there. Is is Brendan King
3: still emceeing those? Is he the one that <laughs> I have? No, I'd move him out of the way. How is Mason I'd, Mason doing? Hey, listen, everything's good. We just got to get him, and he's he's five so, pounds. Right? Yeah, okay. he's so to close to five pounds, and once he gets there. I think we're going to be out of there, and I'm hoping that's by. I'm hoping Colts and Rams uh, that I'm watching that game with him 1 o'clock on Sunday, and we're watching it at home. That That is what – that. Now I don't know if that's going to happen. They need to keep him a couple more days. Understandable, but that is, that is the hope from the Sweeney family. That's uh, the
4: hope. I love that. Uh, yeah. Again – Juju Brent's Colts corner, rookie corner, Warren Central Product. He's going to join us coming up at 9.30. So we got a big segment on the horizon. We'll get to our fan tweets of the game and continue to recap uh, one of the better wins, frankly, the Colts have had in quite some time when you consider the road environment, the quarterback at play, and the Colts' own injury issues. 22-19 in overtime over the Ravens. You're listening to the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy here on a beautiful Monday
5: Yeah,
3: those are the sounds of Sunday. Colts winner's reaction. Hell, victorious Monday here on the fan. Hanging out with you one more hour to go. KB and Andy, the wake-up call, drivehubler.com studios. Juju Brent's going to join us coming up uh, in about 25 minutes or so. We have uh, several people waiting on hold. We'll get to your phone calls as we go this hour. 317-239- 1070. KB will dive back into the game uh, and just kind of some of the, you know, reset some of the things we talked about, especially in the 7 o'clock hour. We, we you know, we've talked so much about Matt Gay, and he obviously is uh, one of the big storylines, one of the big signings for the Colts in the offseason. Uh, you know what kicker had a bad weekend? And Mark Dighton's not going to like this. The Saints kicker Blake, is it groupie? Group A? He's a Group... Notre Dame guy. Oh, is that is, is he a Notre Dame guy? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Well. why would I take offense to that? Well, because he missed a kick. And that kick would have beat the Packers. Oh.
4: <laughs> what a you know Mark is losing his fastball yeah, when yeah. Uh, when, I, I, when his Packers hatred just goes yeah, right exactly. over his I don't care. I,
3: how is he not one step ahead of me in all this? I didn't know he was a Notre Dame guy. Rough yeah, rough shocked, weekend frankly. for the Notre Dame guy. Yeah. It's a rough uh, weekend.
4: I know. Yeah, if you want to hear my thoughts on Marcus more, Freeman, that dial it back. Freeman
3: poison got him. Even dial on back Sunday. a couple
4: segments. Uh, one thing to note from yesterday for the Colts, Baltimore cannot say this, but uh no injuries. Exiting the game, so no one left due to injury. Again, we'll get an update maybe (laughs) later today. (laughs) Will we on uh, Anthony Richardson? And one week from today, Andy, that would be Jonathan Taylor eligible to return from the pup list. Again, a week from Wednesday would be the first practice, but eligible to return a week from today. I think just going back to Sunday for a second, you know, to be two and one that is not something this franchise has had too many common occurrences of really over the last 10 to 12 years. You know, we know they've struggled to win openers, uh, but even the month of September in general, they've struggled. And I think yesterday, well, it certainly wasn't the prettiest and you got some big time breaks. You know, what does winning a game like that do for you moving forward? Does that give you a jolt of confidence of like, no, 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 we can you know, come on the road, beat a quality team, make the plays in fourth quarter, make the plays in overtime. And I mean, you look at the schedule, Andy. I mean, you just beat, in my opinion, besides Joe Burrow, probably the best quarterback you're going to see all season long. You won in a road venue where Baltimore had allowed one touchdown in the previous five games, one touchdown in their previous five games. So when you add that up, There should be plenty of reason. For those that are all aboard wins and losses here in 2023, there should be plenty of celebration for that yesterday. I know that's not everybody. I know there's obviously a section that says, you know, I have people tweet at me on Sunday, oh, you know, Minshew is starting. I don't care about the game, you know. Like there is, I don't know if it's a huge section, but there is certainly a portion of the fan base. I don't that believe. Feels that I don't way. believe
3: that guy. The game comes on, and you're in. You're gripping the right. You're gripping the remote. You're gripping your phone. You're. And come on, you want to win the damn game? I'm not sure I buy that. I
2: mean, I knew the Bears were going to get throttled by the Chiefs. I still
3: watched it. Yeah. So,
4: so okay. Devil's advocate, you said that you want to win the game. So you think there's some people that would say, "Yeah, I'll take seven and ten Give me pick 16 over 4 and 13. Give me pick number 4.
3: Yeah, I think once you get in the season and you look at what your team can do and what your coach is, and I think Steichen's a damn good coach. He's proven it. You know, first three games, we'll see if that continues. I think... I think some of the this season is only about Anthony Richardson. Snaps goes out the window. The Titans stink. Is that
4: a twenty four hour like emotion
3: every Sunday and Monday, and then it wanes by the end of the week? No, I I think it totally changes. I think it. Listen, I went through this last year. uh, You know, I I wanted the Giants to get a high pick to get a quarterback, and then you're in the season and you're winning games. And if they continue to win games, they're going to have a winnable game. The Rams are going to have you know cross country. What do Devils advocates say? Now look at the Giants. <laughs> well, it's an early season, KB. It's just one and two. No, I mean, listen, I, 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 I think all of that stuff is good when you think you know your team. And I don't think, I mean, right now, does anyone, know, has anyone been right on their analysis of the Colts locally? I mean, you were the most positive. And you thought they could win, what, six games? Seven games? Seven. right around? So it's not like you were saying, hey, they're going to be a playoff team. I mean, the seven games is what? Good for third in the South is basically what you thought. I mean, Maybe. behind Jacksonville, Maybe behind seven. Tennessee. Yeah, behind Tennessee. And things happen. I mean, that's why half the playoff teams can reshuffle every year in the NFL. We've talked about Steichen. We didn't know what kind of a coach he was. Wow, well, it's a rookie coach. And when you say that, it's not, ah, it's a rookie coach and that's a positive thing. A lot of times it's, ah, it's a rookie coach and it's a negative thing. No, I thought Tennessee would be better. They're not. Tennessee stinks. I thought Jacksonville would be better. I mean, Jacksonville got embarrassed on Sunday. They've lost back-to-back games at home. Two weeks ago, they didn't score a touchdown. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, what did he have? He didn't hit 300 yards uh, last week. I mean, Minshew was better than Trevor Lawrence Yesterday. <laughs> I mean that's not something thank you for that caveat that, 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 there. that we expected well I mean I didn't expect the defense for the Colts to be this good I, I I'm just saying narratives can change and now I think can we combine the narratives can you do the hey let's go win games and let's have Anthony Richardson get all the snaps and get all the the playing time like can you merge can you marry these two together I think to me you know he gets cleared he's out there Sunday against the Rams that's my conversation. Is hey, can you keep winning these games? Can you keep looking like the competent, confident football team that you are, and do so without having to have Minshew as your quarterback? Do so with AR. Yeah.
4: Again, obviously, it's such a big picture view to not think in the limelight of man wins and losses. Feel, you know, wins feel great after four-win season and all of the laughingstock nature that the 2022 season was all about. Um, You know, you would have to throw some crazy hindsight 2020 of, okay, Edron James is the first major draft pick after Peyton Manning's rookie year. What if that would have been Troy Edwards or insert some random Mm -hmm. player drafted 10 picks after Edron? You know, was 3-13 and worth it for Peyton as a rookie in in getting that piece? I know that's a very hindsight 2020. If social media was around in Peyton's rookie year, People would have been roasting him for leading the NFL in interceptions and you know setting an NFL rookie record for all of that there. Um, so, You're- yeah, I, I fully understand that when fans are in the moment, and the reaction is definitely that. The reaction is, no, 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 celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. This is a big-time win. This is something that we haven't had in a while. Again, the first time you've won your first two road games in a year, and a decade, all of those things. Um, and that stuff should be celebrated. The missing ingredient is... If there is a consequence, it could be that, you know, maybe a
3: major building block for Anthony Richardson isn't that. I I guess if they were bad enough, the Colts, and who knows what happens again the remainder of the season to be picking fourth, third, fourth, something like that. uh, To me, I would look at their roster and say, this roster sucks. I would look at their coach and say, what's going on? I. Like that's also the other side of it. If you're picking third, think of all the lo- think of all the bad calls that Shane Steichen would have. Think of all the bad games potentially Anthony Richardson would have. Think of this front seven, right? We wouldn't be thinking of them. They would have, I was going to say, give up the ghost. What an ancient way to, what an ancient thing to say. But you know what I'm saying? Like we'd be right now, we look at parts of their roster, KB, and I think there is excitement and or they have passed the test. If we're talking about a team that's going to pick third, they would be failing almost every test out there, right? I mean, you would feel like them, like Mark feels about his team or how I feel about my team and that's not how Colt fans feel today. I, I don't know, it's, it, it's just such a difference of what we thought was going to be the case. Right now, the preseason right now, it's just three games and it's just two wins but the majority of the preseason narratives have been wrong. How
4: different would we feel if Zay Flowers doesn't fair catch that ball if Justin Tucker makes the 61-yard if field If EJ goal.
3: Speed gets called for yeah. a pass it, it, interference, if Tucker makes a field goal. And, and I know yeah. some
4: of this is like sporting fandom, but it's like me exiting Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday night thinking to myself, that is the ultimate kick in the you-know-what. And I'm like, man, is 6 is like the three-inch difference of Notre Dame and Ohio State, that game, is that
3: everything? Which, again, this is sports. It's silly, but it is. Like, this is sports. But it is, is it not? I mean, it's silly, but the answer answer is yes. Right, right. Is it not? I mean, the answer is yes. A couple plays here or there absolutely define a season a hundred percent they define a season
4: juju brentz is going to join us here coming up in about 15 minutes i know we've had some callers hanging on mark uh been the longest what's up Derek?
6: hey good morning guys Uh, thanks for taking my call you bet you bet what's up hey hey real quick um have you guys ever seen those goats on the internet that faint when you scare them Sure. (laughs) Um, So I have two goats real quick. The first one I have is Lane Kiffin. He's my goat uh, of the week. Um, Matt Gay is my billy goat, my big goat of the week. And KB, I have to put you on there, too, as my little goat, because you didn't invite me to the
3: <laughs> Notre Dame game. Oh, man. Why is Lane Kiffin on there? what What's the What's the connection there, Darnson Eric? an ol- uh, a big old Miss guy. Miss. Okay. been a fan of Lane Kiffin.
6: He okay. caught a bunch of smack before this Alabama game. Yeah. And uh, Nick Saban has free real estate in his head right now, so he had to go back and apologize with <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that.
4: I love college football. like so, I mean, I, it's, I, it's a great is Saturday. Saturday
6: that said That the Colts were going to win three games.
4: Say it again. Was it Kravis that said the Colts were going to only win three games? Yeah, I think he was three. I think Doyle was two or three. He
3: wasn't the only one, but yeah, Yeah. he was three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
6: Uh, Yeah, my last thing is um, uh, it's Alex Pierce until he uh, has a good
4: game. (laughs) He's not Alex. He's Alex. (laughs) Thank you, Derek. Have a great week, man. You know, the thing about Pierce, Andy, it's like he is such a one-trick pony when that opportunity arises, which he had a chance. It was a a nice play by that that offensive back, to be fair. But when those opportunities arise, which really that's the first attempt he's had all year, gotta come down with it. You got you gotta come down with it. And I remember having this conversation with Matt Taylor earlier before the season started, who would be the second leading receiver for the Colts this season? I think pretty confidently I thought it'd be Josh Downs. Mm-hmm. I mean he is mm-hmm. w- blowing Alec Pierce out of the water in terms of the amount of catches uh tight end position obviously no one has emerged there certainly no no running back either so um uh, yeah need a little bit more from Pierce all right let's get to Matt's Matt I believe had a tight end question what's up
3: Matt
4: hey
6: how's it going guys morning from a rainy day here in Manhattan excellent. uh just a couple thoughts first uh
3: what a relief isn't it to have a kicker come out on the field and not Close your eyes scared, like we did with uh, Rigoberto, Rodrigo Blankenship, right? Literally. Uh, Actually, make it. I mean, it's such a relief, and it
6: really, uh, I think, speaks to the value of that signing. Uh, Just a quick question here. So, living in New
3: York, I have the displeasure of watching whatever Zach Wilson does on a weekly basis on the field times. Gotta think that. The Jets are going to come calling about Gardner at some point, right? Not saying that we have to do that, but uh, I think that the value for backup quarterbacks is pretty high well, right they, now. They, they, they want, want Kirk Cousins them. now. Cousin, they want Cousins. Cousins cool. lost their 0 3. They're done. You know, they lost at home to the Chargers. Another one in the Sweeney six pack that happened to be right. They're done. That's who they want. They want Kirk Cousins to be their okay. QB. Uh, I mean, having that backup is uh, it's pretty valuable, but I, I just, man. If you haven't seen what Zach Wilson does on a weekly basis, don't do it. It's,
0: uh, it's pretty terrifying.
6: Oh, he's so.
3: he's the worst player in the NFL. Appreciate the phone call, Matt. <laughs> 239 uh, 1070. Is he not? I think Zach Wilson's the worst player in the NFL. Player? Just player. Period. Not even quarterback. Like, he should not. Did you see be... Deion Jackson in week he, one? He, well, he's not on a team anymore. Deion Jackson, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Deion Jackson hit the waivers. Uh, eight quarterbacks were in the first three rounds of that 2021 draft Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Dave, uh, Davis Mills. Wolf.
4: Ho, 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 Wolf. Speaking of Lawrence, uh, Jags, they go back-to-back London, right? That do starts they,
3: this week? Just stay over there. Is that what they do? I think it's back-to-back. Is it
4: back-to-back? Okay. In London for the Jags there. Um, yeah, yeah, Matt. I
3: guess I could look that up.
4: I think it's Falcons, maybe in Bills. I want to say on that end.
3: Yeah, again, yeah, it is. It's back to back. It's Falcons, Bills, back to back. So they can just stay over there for a couple weeks.
4: You know, I uh, the Matt Gay point that Matt, our caller, just brought up there. Like you wouldn't have even felt comfortable attempting those field goals, let alone four of them outdoors. And you know, I, I know I've said this a lot here on this Monday morning, but the fact that Matt Gay. Gives you that outdoors in less than ideal conditions and Andy every single one of those meaningful kicks. We're not talking about a 54-yarder at the end of a half or, you know, whatever. You're down 17 points. We're talking about one possession game. Never was greater than one possession either way. Third quarter, fourth quarter, end of regulation, overtime. Boom, 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 boom. And If we go back to March and that signing, there weren't a lot of activity moments from Chris Bauer, this free agency, but he certainly deserves credit for that move in that you took a position that had been, I think it's fair, Chase McLaughlin had a nice season last year, but I don't think you'd still call it a strength. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, it wasn't. And you have tried to make it a strength, and I think you have. But you also have added something to your football team that you didn't have. And the adding is a long field goal weapon. And, you know, remember Cincinnati's playoff run a few years ago, Andy, how big of a weapon Evan McPherson was, their rookie kicker. Oh, he was
3: cocky. That's kind of what I wanted from Matt Gay yesterday. A
4: little cockiness. Making big Fifty-plus yard kicks. He watched in the halftime show. Conditions. Yeah, I mean, there that? were huge, huge moments for Cincinnati, and in a league that again is defined by all of these one-score games, the fact that you can have that in your back pocket, and that's probably going to be one of the worst weather games Matt Gay kicks in all season long. That is a huge, huge
3: part of an NFL football team getting over the hump uh gardner Minshew post game talked about play calling and having matt gay here's what he had to say
2: yeah no it definitely changes how you call plays um we put a ton of trust in him and he paid that back to us
4: you know um so happy for him his individual performance that unit uh him luke and Rigo, like it's awesome man um making the play when the number is called and we needed him today
3: yeah that was Minshew post game uh and was it Arena? Is it the Arena Football League that has the very narrow yeah. goalposts? Mm-hmm. Every single one of those would have been good uh, with the every single one of those would have been good with the arena goalposts, which is like half of the size uh, as the regular one. I, I said this in the seven o'clock hour. The first call I think we took together, KB, was a guy complaining about Matt Gay missing a kick or an extra point in the first preseason game in Buffalo. <laughs> And now, and now, literally, and that was the the short one, right? Yeah, and now, literally, he's the goat after week three. Everyone's excited praising Chris Ballard about getting a kicker that can do the damn thing.
4: And I know I've said this before today, but it bears repeating totally good with the move back in March. My thing was just don't let it impact other moves, like, don't let it say, Hey, uh, yeah, we're giving too much money to Matt Gay, we can't give money for a wide out or Jonathan Taylor or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you've taken a strength or an area that wasn't a strength and you've tried to bolster that and, again, you've added something to your football team that you did not have. Let's sneak in one more caller before we get to Juju Brent. Let's go to Jim. What's up, Jim?
6: Hey, guys. How's it going?
4: Good. How are you? I'm good. Excuse me. Got a
6: little bit of a cough today. Uh, Didn't get to bed until about 2 o'clock. Ooh. Sunday night.
4: Sunday fun day? Uh. Saturday to Sunday. Ooh. Is that the Notre Dame game? You got it. Oh, boy. You and me both, Jim. <laughs> so how do I feel today?
6: <clears throat> I feel great today. Should I send Jim I my entertainer secret ball? spray?
3: Yeah, hang on, Jim. You need to get with uh, KB Jim, I'm going to spray a couple for you. Yeah, here we go. You need some spray as well, Jim. You sound rough, man. I you sound really feel bad.
6: Like, <laughs> feel oh, much better. <laughs> This is not a popular thought, but you guys touched upon it. Two game balls, the Ballard, for the signings of Minshew and the kicker. There was no reason for him to sign Minshew. He didn't even have a starting quarterback yet. And, Gay, you guys already touched upon it, but I think for all the goofs and guppaws and whatever, We've brought up on Ballard, I think he's finally showing some um, some smarts, him and his staff, and that's that's all I wanted. I want to get I want to listen to Juju some.
4: Jim, thank you. <laughs> Feel better, it, Goopaz. I'm wondering how we spell that one. I'd love a spelling from Jim on that. Chris Bow deserves credit certainly for the Matt Gay and the Gardner Minshew. I. Would think Steichen is probably one that played into the Minshew signing as well. But the Colts needed a quarterback. You, You had to have gone out there and get some quarterback. But there are a lot out there. So, yes, definitely credit Chris Ballard for the Matt Gay signing on that and certainly um a huge huge game from the new kicker
3: Jim was like an older you I assume he's older than you okay he was like an older you he was you know uh you know he's watching the Colts game on Sunday but he couldn't go to bed and he's he has a hoarse voice from the Notre Dame game he's just an older version of kB I'm glad there's more than just me
4: <laughs> that reacted to the Notre Dame game well, I like I, w- I, did. I
3: would I would love I, I know this can't happen I'm, I'm I'm kidding you know after Juju Brents, if we did 15 minutes of calls of Notre Dame fans who sound just like mm-hmm. KB sounds. Like, they all have a hoarse voice on Monday morning, and they all went to bed at 2.30 in the morning because they were mad? Maybe
2: like a cough drop company can
3: sponsor <laughs> you guys, like the yeah. lozenge, lozenge Lounge
4: or yeah. something. <laughs> I need the, the, lo- the lozenge, lozenge something lounge. or other right now. Uh, Alright, quick morning check down before Juju Brown.
0: The Morning Checkdown. Omaha, Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The fans.
3: Yeah, quickly. Uh, just in the NFL, we do have the two games tonight. Gotta love the doubleheader: Eagles-Bucks at seven fifteen. Rams and Bengals. Will Joe Burrow play? Haven't seen anything this morning. Uh, that one will overlap at about eight fifteen. Highlights from Week Three. Obviously, the Colts, we've been talking about it, 22-19 winners. The Dolphins dropping 70 on the Broncos. That game 90 points, 70-20, and the Chargers get a win on the road. Minnesota goes to 0-3. Will they shop Kirk Cousins? That is out there, and the AFC South is wide open. The Jags smoked 37-17 at home again, this time to the Texans, and the Titans just terrible. 27-3, the Browns take care of business there. Oh, okay. Alright, other college football
4: items from Saturday night. My voice speaks for itself in describing Notre Dame and Ohio State. If you want my thoughts, our thoughts, on the worst coaching decision in the history of football. Head back to about the 8.30 segment for that. Uh, Purdue loses once again to Wisconsin. Frankly, wasn't that close. Just an awful start to the game. Tried to make it somewhat interesting in the second half, uh, but Luke Fickle's Badgers beat Ryan Walters' Boiler. So Purdue's ugly start to the season, particularly at home, continues. And the fighting Tom Allen snapping his fingers in the post-game locker room. The Glee Club was in full effect in Bloomington. They survive in four overtimes against Akron. I totally forgot we did the two-point thing now after the first two overtimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How could you ever forget that? 32-yard missed field goal by Akron sent that game into (laughs) overtime.
0: I'd like like to know where Lou Holtz is right now.
4: (laughs) Did you see the he's Washington? at? Did you see the Washington State coach call that Lee Corso
3: for his comments? Oh, I too? saw, I saw that. Too. I, Lee Corso. I mean, Corso Come and on, Holtz. Man. This yeah. is where we're going. Yeah, but I would say Holtz isn't as beloved as Corso. Corso is universally beloved, and I feel like he's not a hot take artist, right? I mean, I don't know. Some people didn't like Lou Holtz. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Everyone loves Corso. I right? know, Ohio everybody. St- I know Ohio State won the game, but
4: Ryan Day get called gets called out for his team's toughness. Did you see the fourth downs? They mm-hmm. literally got stuffed on a what a jet sweep on one fourth down. They threw it on another fourth down, and the last play of the game, the dude almost got stopped with ten men on the field. Can you imagine if he had fallen short? <laughs> Lou Holtz would have been right. He would have been awake. He would have been back on ESPN so, late at I mean, night. Notre Dame should fire their defensive coordinator, hire Lou Holtz as the interim <laughs> for the rest of the year, hope to play Ohio State in the playoff, and see what happens.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
4: All right, Juju Brents on the other side.
3: Been a fun show reacting with you this morning. Colts winners 22 19 in overtime in Baltimore. Obviously, we'll continue talking about that the rest of the morning and into tomorrow, week three of the NFL season, concluding tonight. Two games uh, on Monday Night Football. Well, excited to bring on Juju Brentz. Uh, yeah, we, we talked a lot about him. Hey, let's get this man some playing time. And he came in and immediately uh, made his voice heard the big strip we saw the nice play against Mark Andrews as well in the third quarter in all the Colts winners and Juju Brent's a big part of that Juju good morning how are you
7: man how's it going <laughs> great morning man I appreciate you having me on uh on a little higher right now still from last night but uh, it was a good win for us well I can imagine what's the locker room and what's the plane ride home getting a big win like that I imagine it's got to be fun Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, definitely enjoyed that win. Uh, Try to get some sleep last night, but it was a little tough. Just the adrenaline still rushing after a game like that. But, uh, yeah, the expectation uh, for us to go down there was to win. So, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a fluke for us or anything like that. We had that mentality the whole way throughout the week, and uh, it was great to end it that way. Juju,
4: thanks for the time. Walk us through the strip and the recovery. I, I thought it was the play of the game, probably non-Matt Gay related. I mean, at that point, you guys were, you know, certainly have been hit in the mouth a little bit with how Baltimore had started that game. What did you see when Kenyon Drake got past you? And then walk us through the uh, fumble recovery.
7: Absolutely, yeah. That just um, just strain, just effort, you know, things you can't coach. Uh, but that is something that we work on consistently throughout the week, you know, just raking out the ball, um, just being aggressive at the point of attack, just trying to do whatever we can to get the balls back in the hands of our offense. So just at that point, man, just seeing opportunities, to, to going out the ball and, uh, man, just making a play and, and uh, just capitalizing. What were the first
4: two weeks of the season like for you, particularly Sundays when you weren't dressing here early in the year?
7: Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a little tough for me just being a competitor. You know, I want to be out there. But uh, just knowing that it was something that's going to be temporary and when my time did come, just making sure that I was fully ready. So uh, just during those first weeks that I knew I wasn't going to be up, just still preparing like I was going to be out there, just having the same mentality, uh, just knowing that that time would come. And then uh, just evidence of yesterday, just making sure when my number got called that I was fully ready uh, to go out there and perform and uh, not with my teammates, my coaches, anybody in in this organization now.
4: Again, Juju Brents with a second-round pick out of Warren Central High School. Not often we mention the high school before the colleges, but you got to with the local product. Um, Was it, I guess, conversations with either Ron Miles, your DB coach, or even Gus Bradley? What were those conversations like, and what was maybe holding you back from playing in Week 1 or Week 2?
7: You know, just I had some some, – Preseason and uh, just off-season, little knickknack knack injuries here and there that were just kind of hindering me. Uh, so just making sure that I was fully ready. Uh, so definitely uh, getting those injuries all the way together and then just getting caught up to speed, you know, main thing, the difference is with the NFL is just the mental aspect of, you know, just picking up on things fast and split-second decisions. So um, just making sure that I was fully ready. And then once, you know, coach gave me the green light, just go out there and perform. Just let it all loose. And then at that point, they just told me to go out there and have fun, man. end of the day, football is football. So just go out there and just let it loose.
3: Juju Brents with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. On the fan reaction Monday, the Colts get the win. We'll eventually switch to the Rams. But right now, as you said, it's basking, uh, still having that high from yesterday. in the big win Matt Gay after the game was very humble was he humble in the locker room he was one of the (laughs) players of the game I want a cocky kicker but he was a he was a humble kicker was he humble in the locker room
7: definitely man cool con collective man shout out to Matt Gay that was insane insane Uh, you know just great dude and uh, even better player man so just very excited for uh for him and just the team man to continue to keep building off at this point. Were you Great were you like
3: yeah? Were you watching? How, how closely were you watching when uh when Justin Tucker has the sixty one yard field goal and it was short, but it was just short and it was that was right. It was straight. It was straight as an arrow. Uh, you were watching that. What were you thinking in those seconds where it looked like that was going to go through?
7: I couldn't see. I couldn't watch it. I was just waiting on the reaction for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of down it like alright once I see that he missed a well, lot, we got a shot at this I was like we gonna win this game so I'm glad it turned out in our favor it's
4: the NFL debut for Juju Juju Brents yesterday four tackles a forced fumble again we talked about the fumble recovery man I thought you laid the wood with those tackles too uh, is that something that you've kind of been, always been known for as a pretty physical corner you know sometimes at that position you get guys a little timid uh, certainly not an attribute of yourself
7: absolutely you know I like the make sure guys feel me, you know, especially on the on the outside, just feel my presence letting me know. Uh one of my coaches in, in college and high school, <laughs> it's crazy. Both of them say, man, just run through the smoke and I'm definitely a guy where I do I uh, mean I know it's gonna be another side of it, man, but just being aggressive at the point of attack. So definitely in the past game being aggressive but also in the run game, I definitely uh, make sure I wanna let my, my presence be felt in that in that aspect of my game as well run through the
4: smoke Andy I might I, like I might make that sign for Max Bowen and have him slap that on the way out of the nursery <laughs> every every morning Juju when did you get word that you'd be playing such a significant role yesterday
7: yeah it was kind of put in the air earlier on throughout the week uh, it wasn't set in stone so like I said like the previous weeks I was still preparing the same way and this week I attacked it the same way and uh, kind of just hearing a little bit here and there that I may be up so um, just make sure that I was going to be ready like I said earlier But, man, I'm just, you know, appreciate my coaches just trusting in me to go out there and uh, perform and... uh... Man, it was a great game.
3: It seems as if you guys have fully bought in to Coach Steichen, and uh, I mean, you know, you saw him; he was pumped up after the win and everything else. We get a more calculated in the media. You know, by the time he gets to the press conferences, he's a lot more calculated. What kind of locker room guy is he? I assume you guys have fully bought in. Uh, what is it? What, what 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 sorts of things? What kind of culture has he brought in just a few weeks on the job?
7: he has been great, man. He's just high energy. Uh, I would say Miami. He's consistent. He's a competitor too. I love the way he competes. His mentality, man. Uh, kind of missed the opposing teams. You know, taking some timeouts away from him. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> love to see that. But uh, man, yeah, definitely. uh just the way he attacks every day. Uh, just puts him in the right mind frame. Uh, just by having the aggressive week man it makes the game a lot easier so just being real intentional with the work we put in on the field um, during practice and then just gonna let it all loose on on Sundays Juju I know we had you on in
4: camp so I apologize if I asked this to you back a little over a month ago is there any significance to number 29
7: uh none in particular uh it was kind of one of those that was just available, for me, available to me. Because you were a big Bob Sanders guy growing up, right? Yeah, that would have been dope before I got that. But, hey, <laughs> not too late. We'll see. Maybe it eventually ends up happening.
4: <laughs> who is the uh, veteran? Obviously not a ton of vets in your room, but who is the veteran you point to? Maybe it's someone not even in your room that mm-hmm. you would point to as um, who you've learned the most from so far in your NFL career.
7: Mm, it's, it, we actually do have a lot of vets who I can say I have learned from, just little pieces um, like to Quentin Nelson on the opposite side of the ball. Just the way he takes care of his body throughout the week, he's a guy I piggyback off of. No, definitely just like mentality, like defensive scheme-wise and just the small little details within the game, Kenny Moore and uh, like Julian Blackman, those guys for sure. Even like Tony Brown, uh, we got a lot of guys who are in our back end who have some experience and we are young, but like those three guys for sure, I piggyback off of them a lot, um, just keys within the game, things they may be seeing that I could learn and apply to my game as well. And uh man I know they say we young man, we got some ballers in our room for sure. Is Tony Brown the loudest guy in your locker room? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You guys anybody on the team I think they all would attest to that answer for sure. <laughs> I was gonna
3: ask who's second on that list. If Tony Brown's easily first, who's second? Are you second? I don't even know.
7: Nah, I don't think second really matters. Like, there's okay. no getting close to TV.
3: <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> Juju Brent's with us here, uh, hanging out with you on the fan. He's on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Before we get you out of here, uh, we had some, We had, listen, I love this. We had some fun with it. Here on the radio, we have to give predictions in all 10 uh, radio gas bags, Juju. We all picked Baltimore uh-huh. to yep. win the game. And Mo Alley, <laughs> Co- Mo Alley Cox made fun of us and retweeted us Sunday night. So, I don't know if there's a question there, but yeah, but just know that Mo Ali Cox got his revenge on all of us here on Sunday. I, w- I wish I would have seen the tweet.
7: I would have gave you a little quote as <laughs> well. <laughs>
3: yeah, especially with the
4: local guy. That's not going to go over too too well. All yeah. right, uh, Juju, again, hell of a debut, man. I-, I go back to the play you made against Kenyon Drake and thinking that thing. Uh, could have been what really turned it around and, and you know created such a competitive game and obviously a tremendous finish for you guys. So congrats on that. Enjoy the home opener, I guess home debut, I should say, for you coming up on Sunday. And uh, we'll hopefully chat with you down the road.
7: Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.
4: Second round pick, number 29, Iowa and Kansas State. Those were the colleges after Warren Central High School. And Andy Sweeney, I know I just said it to him there several times. I thought that play was Absolutely massive that he made early on in that game.
3: No, I mean it's a ten nothing game. At least it may even be a fourteen nothing game, and then at that point, you know, you're stuck with, hey, can we run the ball thirty times with with, with Zach Moss? Right? Like suddenly those conversations come out. And what's crazy as as wrong as some of the preseason stuff, uh, as wrong as you know, I thought the Ravens would win the game. It is interesting that we talked a hell of a lot about that man Juju Brents leading up to Sunday, did we not? I mean we spent time segments we, we spent time saying hey when is he going to play yeah. why is he not playing and i did not think it'd be this sunday to yeah, be totally yeah, honest yeah, with you yeah i mean yeah. you know you know we we asked holder i think it was on wednesday it's like okay well in 2 weeks in 3 weeks if he hasn't played or hasn't played very much uh, is it time to worry what's going on gus bradley answering questions last week and then boom Baker out, Juju Brent's in, playing two-thirds of the snaps. And you got to think, if he's healthy, that number's going to be uh, probably even more on Sunday, right?
4: And, and I should have brought this up to Juju, but it was a cool moment back in training camp. And he had no idea, Andy, that you know this little kid was affiliated with me. But, but my nephew was at a training camp practice and wanted to get some players autographs. So after, I think it was Juju and Pay, they made their way after the media session, went over there. And again, I'm watching from afar this interaction, and it is a, hey, what's your name? Oh, Teddy, Teddy, high five, man. And like a very kind of cool moment. And I, I think playing for your local team, Andy, there are a lot of really, really cool moments. I also think there's probably a lot of pressure. And a lot of people that oh, sure there know, is. Yeah. are pulling for you, or this ticket and that ticket. And obviously, he's in the NFL. So, you know, he's, you know, super, super grateful for this opportunity. But, um, you know, wanted to say thank you to Juju for that and hell of a debut for him. All right, we'll do it one final time. Should we
3: round it out with some fan tweets? And yeah, We can do fan tweets and we got to play this. We got to see. It's only a minute long if the Tom Allen snapping of the fingers Indiana, translates Indiana, to radio. Indiana, we're all for you. We're going to get to your five word head.
5: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
3: Headlines coming up, uh, about 10 minutes left in the show, reacting with you again. Uh, Big victory Monday here on the fan as the Colts go into Baltimore and get the win in overtime. 22-19, Jake and company coming your way at noon, JMV at 3 o'clock. Just to clean up a couple things, Uh, three things if you don't mind, real quick. Okay. Boom, 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 then we'll move on. Uh, Number one. Carrie Underwood has never been to a Sunday night football game until last night. And she sings the song and has forever. I enjoyed
4: she, when they showed her on camera. Uh, okay.
3: So I just, they said that and I thought that's odd. <laughs> so, I wanted, so I wanted to bring that up. Number two. and I know More you,
4: her, less McDaniels yeah, on camera. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm and with. I'm Jack with Collinsworth, you.
3: too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's Ryder Cup week. I know you got to care about that more than anything. Listen, I knew it. I had no idea it was Ryder Cup week. And 1, 1 a.m. Friday morning. Oh, you ready? Okay. If I, Mason's home from the hospital, you're going to be up that hour anyway. Probably changing diapers. Uh, dial up the rider Yeah, phone. I'm with you. So I wanted to throw that out there because I'm sure that's something later in the week we'll at least mention at some point. And then the last thing, I don't know this guy's name. Did you see the JMU coach? Was it James Madison? There was a bad call against his Patrick team. Patrick Koontz, legend Patrick Koontz. Is, is, is that who it is? Did you see that uh, an assistant coach had the phone on the sideline? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he showed the rep. Epic clip. And they're like, you can't do that. Like, like, the announcers were appalled by it, and I'm like, that's funny. Well, it's funny, and
4: that's what Notre Dame needed on their yeah, sideline. Well, it is. Yeah. It is. Which, again, they knew that oh. they had 10 out
3: Listen, there. Listen, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what to do. Am I crazy? I don't know what to do. No, you're not crazy. They're crazy. You know, you're right. I'd like, like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. <laughs> I hate Ryan Oh, to... <laughs>
4: Lou Holtz, interim defensive coordinator for the rest of the year. Run the table, Irish. Play Ohio State. And don't send Marcus Freeman out to midfield before the game. You know how the coaches shake hands during, you know, whatever. uh, No shaking of the hands. Send Lou Holtz out there.
3: Send them out there. I'm good with that.
4: Uh, all right. Do you want to do your? I'm picturing f- Lou Holtz and Ryan Day like Pedro Martinez and Tommy Lasorda.
3: I don't think Ryan. Or no, Day- no, it wasn't Tommy no, it was Lasorda. Uh, Zimmer, Zimmer, Zimmer. Yeah. Zimmer. I, I don't. I no longer think Ryan Day paints the beard. I did, and I think after Saturday, now he I don't know. It. I see. I don't know. Now I'm now I'm conflicted. Yeah, that's they, a, that's that's too dark of a shade. They just stop
4: at Sherwin Williams <laughs> in South Bend to get a. He's got the Carlos Boozer paint job going. Uh-huh, One thousand percent. All right, let's do our uh, fan headlines.
7: X-ray,
3: X-ray, read all I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Ripped from the headlines of the newspaper. Oh, we'll do it
0: live! get F- post-game
4: headlines.
3: and thing sucks!
4: So again, five words or less. <laughs> this is via Twitter. Mark Dykhton sends out the tweets and some terrific ones. I will say, probably one of our risk here. Responses. Uh, uh-huh. we, we we tended to get a lot of um,
3: <laughs> I'm reading some a lot yeah. of
4: play on words yeah. from the kicker Matt Gay. If you catch my drift here, a uh, Holly Gay has a hell of a day. Aaron, we have Matt Gay. Oh man! Uh, he, oh, go ahead. Steve no, go go ahead, please. Payday
2: Gay makes hay. A uh, longtime friend of the show Q says
3: kicker earned his bag of money. Matt calls game from 53, G-A-Y-M-E is how they spelled game. I don't
4: know if I'm allowed to say this one, but I guess I will. Gary, Gay kicks
3: it straight. Oh, boy. I, you can't do better. You know what? The segment's over. Is he wrong? No, no. The segment's also over. You have like five minutes left. That's the, best. Many times That's the I, best
4: one. How many times have I said today that Matt Gay
3: literally right down the middle, Andy, you just mentioned
4: it earlier, Arena Football League. Upright, too, would have been
3: good. Oh, he would have been good 54 yards in arena football. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Minshew Moss, Michael Matt Mania. That's one. Colts outkicked the Ravens was Joel's
2: comment.
4: Oh, we talk about something you don't often see. Gay I don't need play saves coffee. the day. By the way, when Justin Tucker kicked that, we all thought it was in, right? Oh, I just assumed oh, like, no, without, was, he's Mr. Automatic. Yeah. Easily.
3: Oh, yeah. You'd seen the script so many times. The Ravens, you know, don't play a good game, whatever, and they go down in the final 50 some odd seconds or a couple minutes and they kick a long field goal. And Justin Tucker is lionized as the greatest ever. Oh, he's got the greatest leg, and you walk off and you're upset. My ta- I, Honestly, you want to know, KB, my, if they had lost, if the Colts had lost that game, my take, whether it be, you know, overtime or it be with Tucker in regulation. My opinion was going to be, like, you got to be pissed off losing that game. It wasn't one of those, well, well, you, you hung in there against one of the best teams in the NFL. And so you, it would not it, have been entertaining it, loss category? It, it would not have been entertaining loss. Because Steve says that right here. Steve goes, damn it,
4: we need to lose. <laughs> and I know we brought that up I, a little bit no. earlier.
3: No, come on, man. Come on. No. No, you wanna win these games. Not in the raw emotion of the season. No, you wanna win these games. So when you're looking at a mock draft in April and they're I picking
4: sixteenth versus lose. Marvin Harrison Jr. at three or four? By the way, I thought Marvin Harrison Jr. was hurt badly on Saturday.
3: I thought he was too. I thought that was a that was a that was a rough that was gonna be a rough look for uh for Ohio State losing him on the very end. Oof. Do you have a the Tom did. Allen clip? I do. You want to see if it translates? You got to play. I have it right here. Okay. S- set it up for our So, listeners. yeah, it's after the game. It's yeah. after that pathetic win, but you did get the win. Uh, and, you know, they have all the blackout uniforms and everything else, and the team is standing there around Tom Allen. And this is about a minute. This is from IU football. So here we go. Let's see if this translates what? to the radio.
0: I do. You know what to do. Indiana, 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 we're all for you. We will fight for the Crimson. For the glory of oh, all you. Never daunted, we cannot falter. In the battle, we're trying to choose. Indiana,
6: Indiana, Indiana, we're all for you. Indiana, 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 <laughs> Indiana, <laughs> you. we will fight for the crimson. For the glory of all you. Never daunted, we cannot falter.
3: Number two. In the battle, we're trying to chew.
4: Indiana, 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 we're all for you. Indiana, oh my gosh. I, uh, I, 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 the video is so good. And, and I encourage everyone out there. Here's my question. To watch the video. Find number two for IU. See if that kid's on scholarship here on this Monday morning still. But I mean, I'm literally watching that thinking like straight no chaser Tom Allen Christmas show
3: is absolute must <laughs> oh I here's I'm trying to look up who number two is it's uh, well they have oh, no it's uh, James Mons they have two number twos it sure as hell ain't Taven uh, Tave Jackson uh, so it's James Mon who's a red shirt freshman from Vero Beach Florida he's a defensive back he's like I can't believe I'm doing this right now
4: <laughs> are, are there games where you just say you know what we're not gonna snap afterwards he's <laughs> Why are you letting cameras film that? Like, that's something that b- uh,
2: behind closed doors you do.
3: Well, I, I'm a proponent in this. Uh, I love uh, celebrating. I love, you know, I, I singing know. the national anthem's we're the great. Fun, we're the fun police here. What I mean. You barely beat Akron. It's not they look look looking like they're having? Fun. No one looked like they were having, uh, fun. having fun. And I don't know. Here's the thing, too. I often it's the most think, miserable singing of the IU fight song you'll ever see. Do, how many of those players do they, you know, they have the camera on the players. Do they put the words on the wall? How many How many players on the IU football team know the fight song? It's part of your freshman orientation. <laughs> Is it really? You have to memorize that? Because I contend number two didn't know the fight song.
4: Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, if you missed the Juju Brents interview, he was outstanding with us. That'll be up on the podcast. Mark, you said Tim Hasselbeck tomorrow? Yep. Nice. To back
2: at uh, nine o'clock.
4: Uh, where are you guys going tonight? Uh, in terms of these lines, uh, five point favorite, the Eagles on the road at the Bucks, and the Rams
3: one and a half point underdog. I think Joe Burrow's playing. Uh, if Burrow in pl- p- Cincinnati, yeah, I guess I'll tentatively I'll take Cincinnati, and I think I'll take the Bucks plus five. The Eagles' defensive backfield's kind of beat up right now. Just give me Eagles and
4: Bengals to win. You think the Rams fly home after that?
3: Uh yeah.
4: Or do they do what your Giants did and no. stay stay out here? Well, don't do anything the Giants do. Hang out at Skyline Chili <laughs> for the week. Yeah, don't do anything they do. Thinking like where would they go? You know, you Where do the Giants practice, Andy? In between the games.
3: A high school gym. I don't <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I'm sure I, they read like They like, rent
4: out something. Where would the Rams go? I mean, I but don't know. A it, local college? It, it better be grass fields and not
3: turf. That's all I know. They it, won't it, like that.
4: It's a victory Monday. Again, thank you to Juju Brents. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. The podcast will be up. Jake and Jim, you'll have you at noon. JMV at 3. Everybody have a great one.